Fancy lad. Fancy lad. Podcast fancy lad. Podcast gonna talk my friends. Gonna share a thought. Gonna have a laugh. That's what I thought. Fancy lad. Fancy podcast. Fancy lad. Fancy lad podcast. Yeah. And we are back. Oh, yes, yes, and one more yes. Mm-hmm. You know what? Help. Two more yeses. Yes, yes, we are back. Thanks for those two more yeses. The yeah, one just wouldn't have sufficed. Mm-mm. Never does. No, never does. Back on the Fancy Lad podcast as mm-hmm. usual. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling really good about this episode so far. I think it's going great. This episode has been fantastic so far honestly i gotta say there hasn't been one blunder the entire time zero blunders in zero minutes i mean we're zero minutes yeah you're right i mm-hmm. mean i think we there were probably about to hit the one minute mark though i think we actually just hit it you know what that means blunderless party yeah ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. we fucking ooh. did it Another first on the Faint Slide podcast. Hitting one minute without hitting one blunder whatsoever. It's about Gouda damn time. It's about Gouda time. Uh, It's about Gouda. Speaking of Gouda, hell of a cheese dip. Mm, Yummy. Okay, first of all, are you really shooting for that to be a sponsor? Because I can't think. There's probably not one episode that goes by where you don't mention hell of a good cheese dip. Well, you know, it's just so good. It is really a hell of a good cheese dip. And I would I would uh, implore you and the listeners to go try some. Okay, are they paying you and you're just not telling me because you, you want to keep 100% of the profit that you get from it and don't want to split the royalties? That is absolutely absurd that you would even think that Hell of a Good Cheese Dip Incorporated hit me up, said they wanted to sponsor the podcast. I said, okay, I'll do it. Here's the deal. We don't tell Big Zo. You pay me only in spoiled French onion and cheese dip. They said, oh, that's actually a pretty good deal on our end. We're definitely down to do that. I said, wait, wait, wait. No, listen, I'll make it even better. Please okay. just hear me out. Yep. I'll take super expired French onion dip Oh, and uh, toxic cheese dip. So they gave me the toxic cheese dip Yep, and the expired, super and by, expired. And by toxic, mm-hmm. let me just get this straight. You mean that it's literally going to kill you if you ingest it? It's radioactive. Okay. So I started ingesting it, and now I have sort of started to gain these uh, superpowers. So I a, guess some would call them superpowers. Yeah, it's a dangerous good. It's a dangerous good. Yeah. Um, super cheese dip related powers. And Super uh, cheese dip related powers. And these powers are exactly what? What are the powers? Yeah, what are the powers that the radioactive cheese dip has given you? Well, it's like, have you? are you familiar with the comic Spider-Man? Yeah, I'm familiar with the comic. I'm also mm-hmm. familiar with the fucking huge movie franchise directed by Sam Raimi. Okay, yeah, like is it Bruce Campbell? Exactly. Um, your homie. Yeah, um, good, the good homie. So much like Spider-Man, Spider-Man can shoot webs from his wrists. Mm-hmm. Well, when I... you throw out the metal horns. Yep, exactly. You need to throw out those fucking you metal throw horns. Throw out the horns like <laughs> you're at a fucking Ozzy Osbourne concert. Is that? Like... <laughs> and you're like, yeah. So was that, that was that crazy train? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, not bad. Aye, aye, aye. Yes, yes. Now that's good. Yes. Right. So um 
So you throw out the horns, mm -hmm. and instead of web coming out of my wrist, I throw out the horns, and uh, hell of a cheese dip sprays out of my ass. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, see, that's closer to an actual spider because they spray webs out of their bootics. Yeah, and I was actually that's making a lot more sense because mm -hmm. I was actually dollars and cents. My I was boy. gonna <laughs> yes, I was gonna ask you before we even started the podcast mm -hmm. why you were wearing assless chaps in the fanside studio. Right. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, no. Now you know. Now I know. Like because that hell of a good dip, spray free. If if the chaps weren't assless, mm -hmm. you're gonna have a very messy pair of pants every time you throw up the horns. And I know you just got back from a Metallica concert. Listen, if the chaps ain't assless, the ass ain't gonna be chapterless. You know, I can't argue with that logic, right? And who could? I know. Could you? I mean, I happen to have a bag of chips right here. Could mm -hmm. you maybe, if I open it up, just kind of give me a Throw little, up the horns? Throw up the horns and just give a little spray inside? Because I don't want to pay for this hell of a good dip either. I want to. I want some of that free, free product. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, what temp are you thinking? Uh, Room temp, okay. obviously, All dude. All right, cool. All right. All right. Let me just chill out for All a right. second. All right. All right. I got the bag. Room temp. Throw up the horns, dude. Oh, oh shit. Oh shit, it's getting a lot! Oh dude, 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 it's a float! Stop, 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 Oh my god, that's a fucking lot. Fucking hell of a good cheese dip. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let me try one. It's very good, right? Oh. Oh. Mmm. Good? My god, that's hell of a good. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh shoot. I'm just looking at my leg here. I think. I accidentally did like the Mahala thing, you know, like surfs up. And I think I accidentally just sprayed diarrhea all on your chips, bro. So hell of a good cheese dip doesn't come out in natural brown color? No, well, not this flavor. No. Oh, my God. Dude, that's my bad. I'm sorry. But you said it was good? It tasted really good at first. Well, that probably has something to do with all the hell of a good cheese dip I've been eating. It kind of left a bad aftertaste, though. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, just whatever you do, make sure not to get that dip anywhere near your eyes. All right. I wish I didn't just ruin this bag of restaurant-style Tostitos. Oh, man. You got to love the restaurant style. I know. What is it? Okay. Why is it that the restaurant style is so much crispier? And just has like the perfect amount of salt on it. What is it with the home style that like homes don't deserve that? I thought the restaurant style was just the bigger chip. Just bigger? I feel like it has a lighter amount of salt on it. Hmm. We'll have to look into this. Yeah, we're going to have to look into this. We're really going to have to look into this. Hopefully the viewers at home can shed some insight into this. That would be super helpful. I know that we love our food south of the border. Right. Every time... We want to get a good quesadilla. Mm -hmm. We hop on a plane. Yep. We go to Mexico. Right. We go south of the border. Absolutely. Anytime. Yep. But I don't even know why I'm bringing this up. You know, do they even have burritos across the pond over there in Europe? In England, rather? Burritos in Europe. In England. In England. Yeah. It's a, it's a country in Europe. Interesting. And do they have burritos? Yeah. That's a really good question, actually. You've been. I have been, but I never got a burrito while I was there. That's what I'm saying. Out of all the times I've been there, that's what I'm saying. Never got a burrito. Now, is, does that mean there aren't any burritos? 
Maybe. Having never been there, I mm-hmm. can't really say myself. Damn it. Well, do you, can you think of anyone that maybe would know about... I mean, obviously, we could have asked Jesse James. We could have. We have then, all these years of being friends with him, and we never even asked him But this. then he fucking moved to New Zealand. That's true. So all you can tell us about is Kiwis. Yeah. And Richie Jackson. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Quite frankly, I'm surprised, being mm-hmm. that you are the literal British scientist. Right. I am the, Br- of, the Britland scientist. Of the podcast. Right. That's true. That does fall under my responsibilities. Yeah. I just never thought to look into uh, the percentage of burrito consumption in the UK. And again, that's on me. That's my bad. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. And I think that it's up to you to sort of remedy this situation. Yeah, You know that. Yeah, that probably is my responsibility. huh? Yeah. I don't know what it's going to take, but I think that, you know, maybe hell, maybe we should take a short break and try to wrangle up a guest here on the podcast. And I don't know who it's going to be, but I feel like you should at least think of someone who might be, you know, in the vicinity of. Uh, the UK. Oh, I think I could do that. You and you think, know, oh, you think you can handle that? I think I might be able to handle that. And you know what? I'll do you one better. Whether or not we decide to bring up burritos to them again later or not, nah, who's to say? It's a touchy subject to it's bring up. It's a touchy up. subject, so if we don't br- end up bringing it up, yeah, yeah, just write it off. You know what we should do? We should just get whoever we get on the podcast, mm-hmm. we should just get them there as like, you know, just butter him up as mm-hmm. like a one-time guest. I got to butter him. And just work up to it and right. just don't even mention the burrito. We don't have to bring up the burrito. Don't bring up the don't ask him about the burrito. If it comes up organically, that's fine. That's different. That's fine. Then it'd be weird not to bring it up. Yeah, but don't force it. We're not going to okay? force it. We'll have him on as a guest mm-hmm. or whoever it is. Right. And we will just talk shoot the shit with mm-hmm. him or whoever or, it is. Or, or whoever. <laughs> About skateboarding. Yep. And then the next time they're on the podcast, mm-hmm. we'll talk to them about the burrito. Next time they're on the podcast, we'll say, hey, Chris, listen. Or whoever. Yeah, or whoever. Whoever, whoever, whoever it may whoever. be. Okay. Listen. Tell it what's the sitch with burritos over there, mate. Mm-hmm. Mate. Mate. That's good. Butter them up. Yeah. And then when we're done, we'll say, cheers. <sighs> You're right. You know? It's about, you know, it's about the being, the, the manners. It's about being polite. Because cheers is a... Boston bar. Yeah, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows Fraser Crane's name. Mm-hmm. It's Fraser Crane. Yeah, we all know that. I know that was such a short series. Which one? Where they did the the reboot where they said sometimes you want to go where everybody knows Fraser Crane's name. Yep. And they said, "Hi, I'm Fraser Crane." And they go, "Well, well we already know. That's it. And Show's over. And roll credits. Yep." <laughs> You know, if we do get Chris Pullman on the podcast, oh, I, you're I, thinking Chris Pullman? Oh no, no, not at all. Uh-oh. But I was saying, whoever we get on the podcast, mm-hmm. we should definitely ask them about um, maybe Independence Day, yep. Lost Highway, uh-huh. A League of the Rome, mm. uh, Lake Placid. Oh, dude, Oliver Platt, exactly. My Mel dude, exit Oliver Platt. Hell yeah! You know that's a. These are all really good ideas. Thank you. And you know, I think. I got a good idea, too. It's like, why don't we go grab some Clown Shoes brand beer? Yeah. And then when we come back, 
we can hash this all out with Chris Pullman or whoever, or whoever, or whoever, whoever, we whoever, find whoever from it is. the UK. Look, it just, it's fine. It doesn't have to be Chris Pullman. It doesn't honestly. have to be. No, but it might be. It, it definitely might be. It definitely, positively, absolutely might be. He's a definite candidate of a s- mm-hmm. skater mm-hmm. in the UK. In the UK, may or may not know a thing or two about burritos. burritos. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our uh, fresh clown shoes brand beer. Oh, that sounds delicious. Okay, we'll see you in a bit. All right. See you then. Uh, yeah. Life as a southern sheriff can be pretty taxing. Taxing on the mind, taxing on the body, and taxing on the soul. That's why when I'm feeling my most decaffeinated and dehydrated, I reach for a mocha sombrero. Mocha sombrero. A Mexican-style chocolate stealth with additions of coffee and vanilla. Alright, no, I'm trying to do the script here. Alright, you know, if you're just gonna keep doing that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, it's got coffee. It's got coffee and it's got vanilla. I don't care if you're doing the math. It's got coffee and vanilla. And it's a stout recipe. And uh, the malt flavors. The uh, uh, sweet vanilla. Uh, Jesus. Oh, my God. You know, this is very distracting. Very distracting. You know, if you want to know more about Mocha Sombrero from Clown Shoes Beer, why don't you go ahead and visit uh, clownshoesbeer.com. Go on out, get it. Uh, yeah. And we are back. Oh, man, we are back. And, oh, man, that was, yet again, a fantastic break. It's just we're hitting 100 over here. Uh, with the breaks, especially. Maybe even 1,000. Oh, man. Has anyone ever done that? I don't even know what that's in reference to. I don't know. Baseball, maybe? Batting? Yard, yards in baseball? Mm, I, don't I don't know. know. I'm not a sportsman, as I've said before. Yeah. You but have said that. But we are bad in 1,000 over here, mm-hmm. regardless. Mm-hmm. But you were going to say? I was going to say I was I was happy to get this Clown Shoes brand beer. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a good one. Oh, man, you know it is. What kind is that? Uh, Mocha Sombrero. Mocha Sombrero, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. One uh, of my yeah. all-time favorites. Fantastic. Well, you know, without further ado, let me mm-hmm. just introduce our very special guest here. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Chris Pullman. Hello. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing great. Oh, uh, yeah. Doing, hey. doing very well. It's good to have someone over the pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strange. You guys are in Surrey right now. That's really odd. Yeah. <laughs> You're not, I am. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful sunny skies out here. Yeah. Blue, really? sunny, oh. bl- sunny blue skies. Mm-hmm. Thanks for showing up. It's good to see you in the, your, your patented shirt there. Were you guys taking bets on I never take this shirt off, right? I guess. <laughs> Well, we, we were taking bets to see if we could get you to take it off by the end of the podcast. Oh, shit. Oh, it, would, it would be pretty. Have you thought about just patented that colorway and just selling a hundred of them? To have all the, all, all the Chris Pullman imposters out there? Um, do you think there are any? I don't. I, <laughs> Not yet. Oh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know with a style like yours, it can't be imitated. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, for our viewers at home, you know, I was doing a lot of uh, research on you, and I want to give them your body of work. Mm-hmm. You know, live from Antarctica, mm-hmm. Independence mm-hmm. Day, mm-hmm. 
Spaceballs, mm-hmm. Lost Highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Independence Day was was one of my best of them. Independence Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was it like working with Will Smith in that one, where you played the president? I was. It was sick. It was. Um, I just knew he had my back there. You know, I knew it was going to be. It was just going to pan out fine. I was pretty much more relaxed than I looked in the in the film. I think deep down, I just, the, the core of me knew would you know Will would pull us through. You know. So yeah. Mm. Now I'm thinking about it, it's weird that they had an Englishman play an American president. But I, I know. I guess Daniel Day Lewis can do it. So anybody can do it. Yep. Yeah, I think um, we we uh, yeah we can do that. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No. Enough about Bill Pullman. That was a joke. Does it, you get that one a lot with the Bill Pullman? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Oh, Philip Pullman, or the the uh, author. None of that. I don't know what I what I get. Um, I got Chip Van Ham once, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> Chip Van Ham. That name sounds familiar. He wrote for ATM a long time back. ATM click? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Back when Mike was there and everybody, Mike Manzuri and everybody. And John West skated for the team? John West, maybe. John Minor. Probably John was on the team. Maybe John West John- was on the team. Um, I remember because of the 411 ATM Industries section. Okay. And he did, he skated, he skated that same flat, curved flat bar that he loved to skate in the Art Bars video. Mm-hmm. I like John West a lot. So, um, Obviously, I've never met John West, but from um, just from Duty Now for the Future, I used to watch that all the time. That's I one of my favorite. Yeah, I used to love that. Like the Sweet yeah, Jane was, part. Yeah, yeah, so good, so good. And yeah. he has that hell slam where he like cracks his neck between two benches, like hangs up yep. between. Oh my god! Yeah, and then and, he has that line skating in the rain. Yeah, that's that. So good. Yeah, I love that. That was skating good. With the handrail at the end of the line, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. The live from Antarctica part. I guess I'll start there because that's the first time I ever saw you. Mm-hmm. That was really that was right after we really even first heard of heroin skateboards, right? Because of the Colin Fisk, the Fisk. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, cool. Okay, did yeah. you ever skate with Colin Fisk when he went over to the over the pond there? Yeah, I did. We went on a little tour. We did um. We had a thing called the called the Big Push. We had like a, the magazines did a tour where you'd uh, like a, a team. It was hardware companies at the start, and then they figured out it'd be much more cost effective to get footwear companies. But um, the first time around, they had hardware companies. So like a bunch of us jumped in a van and did like a week tour around the UK and had to film like an edit. And uh, and Foz stumped up the cash to fly Fisk over and it was it was sick. Yeah, we, we skated for like a week. He was not that weird. It was amazing. You know, it was really <laughs> Yeah. It was, it was really cool. I, I liked obviously I'd I'd seen Colin in, in in I guess he was in PJ Labs first in the Coliseum videos, right? And then mm-hmm. um so I'd seen Colin yeah, I was like this guy's sick. So when Foz was like, hey this guy's gonna be around doing stuff with us I'm like that that's that's really rad, you know. So he he looked really weird and and uh, awkward, and I like people like that. So was, I'm sure he's weird and awkward in real life as well, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. It it depends on who you ask. I mean, yeah, if you ask him, he's he's the only normal one. 
Oh, I see. Okay. I mean, I don't think he's as weird as people make him out to be. He's not as weird as he seems to be when you just see all the footage of him acting extremely weird, you know? Because he's not always like that. His reputation, I think, is much weirder than he actually is. Yeah. If that makes sense. But he is weird. Yeah, he's strange, but I like that. Strange is good. Otherwise, you're just normal on you, and normal's not good. So, right. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, yeah, I like it a lot. I'm, uh, I get the sense he's kind of awkward on purpose, and I'm, I'm kind of a little bit like that myself. So, I think it's good to challenge people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably when people meet someone new too, you have that nervous energy. Yeah, uh, like I'm sure that, like, especially going on a trip like that, mm-hmm. where you're just on, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I wasn't there. I I'm just merely speculating. Yeah, I had to guess. He 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 brought this crazy longboardy road the whole time, and he just shredded it. And we just we had a good week, and it was yeah. We he just he just jumped in with a bunch of us, and he just got on with it. And he, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It fitted in like straight away. Just he's one of them guys. Who just he just fitted into the group of guys we had like immediately, and it was it was really sick to have him along. You know. Yeah. Are you um. So the Baghead crew mm-hmm. that you skate with, mm-hmm. they're from like the Sheffield area? Yeah, they're in Sheffield, which is about it's quite a distance from here. It's like three and a half hours away from here. So so you make the commute every weekend just to film with the boys? I was going up a lot for a while. Um, I was going up once, once every couple of weeks. I haven't been up for a little while now because of the lockdown and weather and just yeah, bits and bobs like I was in. I was, I was kind of injured for a minute, like hurt, like just had sore arthritic toes or something for a minute. So yeah, just but um. So yeah, we need to get back on that schedule. We've we've kind of missed that for a little while now. So, but for a yeah. while I was on it really regularly, and it's there's a good scene up there. Um, there's a really good crew of guys. I get to skate with Dead Dave. That's oh dream. yeah, he's so, uh he's one of my my uh, my new favorites. Oh yeah. Yeah. Instant classic, that yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, definitely my favorite part in the Earth Goblin video. Yeah. Dead Dave could do a demo in a phone box. Do you know I mean, he's like, seriously, you could put him anywhere and he could do it. He could just skate literally anything, you know? Yeah. So um, he's really interesting. But he's, he's, again, he's one of those people that um, it's really good if you put him in front of people. You know, like some people, like, they look great on video, but then when you see them in real life it's like next level like they blow you away in real life you know so yeah kind of the kind of person i'd much rather take on a tour and see in a video you know i'd much rather take him to every town in britain or everywhere and say hey look check this guy out he blew you away you know so yeah i feel um, i feel that way about uh steven ostrowski who uh just started glue skateboards with uh share and uh leo there um but yeah, seeing him skate in real life is, I don't know, there's something about it. It's just much more uh, amazing than the, the footage. I don't know why it doesn't translate through enough. I don't know. Something about it. But A lot of people like that. I think this, I don't know, it, it always goes a long way. You know, you can, and especially these days where, where everybody's so available online in, in, in videos and stuff. And then it's, it's actually really special generally to see someone in the flesh do you know what i mean these days yeah. it's more so almost in a, in a different way than the old you know touring around like america on a tomato tour with with you know a van full of dudes you know james fully understand understood the importance of 
put in someone right in front of someone and, and that, you know, a kid seeing a tr- seeing cold or tray flip would never forget that for the rest of his life. Whereas on, yeah. on a video, it would kind of just be gone, you know? So that in-person kind of skateboarding, I think goes a long way, you know, but Dead Dave is definitely one of these guys. You, you put him in front of people, they'll just never forget it, you know, so... It's true. I saw Chris Cole do a tray flip at the Circa demo in Shrewsbury, yeah. and I yeah. still, I'm never going to forget it. Actually, he did was a tray flip. Andover? He did. No, it wasn't Andover because this was uh, more t- toward my neck of the woods. Maybe they uh, did okay. two tours. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. That was like I mean, maybe they hit two something. spots. But anyways, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it was Chris Cole, mm-hmm. Mark Appleyard, Colt Cannon, and there might have been like one other dude. Oh, wow. Caswell Berry. How did I almost forget? Yeah, but he was wearing the bad to the bone boxers at the demo from the tilt mode video, and I was like, "Holy shit, he's got the same underwear as in the video!" I was blown away. Amazing. But I was gonna say it's it's the opposite for when people see me skate. They see they see me, and then they see saw the video, and they said, "Wait a minute, this guy changes underwear." Yeah. <laughs> I thought this guy was supposed to be moderately good. Mm. I get this weird thing about like when you see someone in 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 kind of in real life compared to how you see them in a video because the video is just it's just trick 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 and it's all uh, it's choreographed in a way you know you 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 decide on even a line is choreographed. I'm going to do three tricks in a row, you know, right. and everyone knows what's going to happen. But you go to a skate park and you skate around. It's a diff. It's almost like a different kind of skateboarding, you know. So, um, it's a big difference between those two things. I think. So, like, I I don't think I look in in if I film a part, I don't. It doesn't look like me skateboarding to me. It just looks like me doing tricks on a tape. Yeah. You know, whereas when I see something more candid, like someone's filmed something, you know, on a phone at me at a skate park, just cruising around, that looks more like me skateboarding. You know, actually smiling sometimes as well. You know, so right. Yeah. It's more authentic to have that kind of footage than 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 the stuff that you need to put together to make a section. So mm-hmm. one one feels authentic and one feels a little choreographed, and it's very well curated. You know, yeah. So you don't get those raw bits in there typically. Yeah. But they're the bits that kind of make it. You know, they. I know. That's why I kind of like your your bonus part almost a little better than your actual part in the live in Ant- from Antarctica video. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Something about it. It just got a little more flavor or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there was maybe a little bit. I was pretty slightly more desperate time as well. And it, a lot of that footage probably looks a little bit more desperate because I was, um, I think I was really trying to work again at that point and, and well not work, but um, really trying to put some, you know, put the, the guts of a section together, you know I mean? Like get out there and film lines and, and try and do different stuff and, 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 and have a broader range of tricks and things. But I, I don't know how, how, um, how considered it was putting that part together. I wasted a lot of time, you know, doing certain things and then, then I got a, a chance to just go out and film and just put, I don't know, like a lot of tricks together. So, I don't know. Yeah, at that time, you're probably... I mean, we tried to stray away from this uh, originally when we started the company, but at the time, you were probably thinking of the part as having a sort of formula. This is what Foss told me, too. This is why he, mm-hmm. like... Uh, um, 
I don't know, didn't really like the parts that Fisk was sending him when we started the company, but he said he, he thought that there needed to be a formula of, you know, this amount of lines, this amount of hammers, this amount of uh, variation, you know, yeah. to to a part. So it's a very traditional way of thinking, but it's probably where you were thinking when you were filming that part. I think I did. I, I was around, you know, a lot of the people, some of the people I filmed with and, and I was... I was working at Slam City Skates at the time. So I was seeing, right in the middle of seeing the Blueprint team putting their videos together and mm-hmm. putting things together in a, a really professional way where they, you know, everybody was out, you know, they were filming a lot and they were, they were putting parts together in a very traditional way because they were trying to do things uh, to a really high standard, you know, and yeah. obviously not copying a, a previous model but the actual standard of the skateboard and putting the section together was very much uh, in a professional way. Obviously, Dan McGee had his own take on the visuals and, and the music and everything else. But they were trying to do things professionally. And so I was, I, I was around that a lot. I could see, I understood what it took to put a part together. But I also am very aware of my level of skill on a skateboard. So... I don't have, you know, I can't, I can't follow that formula the way that some guys can. You know? So there's got to be X amount of dicking around in there to kind of make it work, you know, like yeah. mostly junk stuff. So <laughs> what, what really spoke to me was mm-hmm. uh, I watched your like that guy by like indie trucks or something. It was yeah, kind of like almost like a documentary about you. Yeah, we did um, that with, uh, the distributor over here and they were they were trying out that was Alan Glass actually who filmed a lot of uh, and edited uh, Life in Antarctica as well he worked there um, as the team manager at uh, the distributor here for Indy um, and we thought that might be good because we had a bit of history and there's was, there was quite a lot of cool things we could talk about so um, yeah it was really good fun doing that I got really lucky doing that because they, I don't think they did it again yeah, uh, yeah. It was kind of like but, uh, a one-off. Yeah, it's a shame because they were, obviously, it was. A, I think it was a good, because Alan knew me so well, we could put that together as a trial to see, because obviously we, he knew the history. It wouldn't. It didn't take a lot of detective work to know we could put something together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was quite eager to do it because it, it was good fun, you know. So um, it would. it's the kind of thing that would have translated really well if they'd then gone off and done something with, you know, with, with Paul Shire or with Nick Jensen or with Danny Wainwright or, or other, you know, big the, the other goats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, the actual, like those guys who, who had real, you know, what I would consider like actual professional skateboarding careers where they got paid and everything, you know? So, but those guys all had their own stories that hasn't, haven't been told to that depth and they're probably far more interesting than mine. So. Yeah. How long were you pro for? Uh, let me think. When did we do that? From 2001, I think, to I tried to retire in like 2005. Uh, you weren't trying then, to milk it? No, I was trying to do the opposite of milking it. Um, I was trying to get the hell out, <laughs> trying to get the hell out of there. So, um, no, I wasn't. It wasn't anything like that. It was because I started working at Black Box. Um, I was running Black Box UK here, so riding for vans and being pro for heroin skateboards was kind of a little bit uh, jarred a little bit with selling falling shoes and pushing zero skateboards, you know, so right. it didn't really go. Um, 
conflict of interest. You know, it's funny this this season of the podcast. The only I feel like the only guests that we've had besides, uh, you know, obviously, you know, this isn't true. But all the guests have either written for Zero or <laughs> Heroin. Yeah, that's true. So actually, it's pretty much true. It's funny you mentioned. Yeah, You're gonna have more. I don't know if I can tell you any black box stories. <laughs> you probably could. Because we had Dane Berman on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Just recently nominated for uh, Skater of the Year. Was he? Oh, yeah. I, I texted Michael Burnett, and I said, why don't you just nominate Matt, Matt Tomasello as a lark? Mm-hmm. And he did not reply to my text. Of course he didn't. And I went straight to the tees when I saw them post them. I said, yeah. let's see. And it was only Brandon Turner who, I mean, granted, I mean, that switch, switch hard, hard flip. flip. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. That was sick. That was I thought sick. I misread the caption when it said it was it was Brandon Turner. The you, first oh. time I saw it, I was like, I was you, like, damn, that that looked like Matt Tomasello. No, 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 no. Brandon Turner. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I read the caption uh-huh. on when I saw the switch hard. flip. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I was like, that can't be Brandon Turner. Oh, I see. I was like, I, blah, blah. yeah, damn. I'll know that switch hard flip anywhere. Yeah, so down the, well, Carlsbad, down Wall. I thought they were just saying that it was. It looked like like Brendan Turner's hard flip or switch hard flip. I got you. I got you. Anyhow, enough. This isn't the Brendan Turner podcast. Did they nominate Chris Pullman for the Sodi? Is what I want to know. Hell no. <laughs> it's bullshit. What? It's bullshit. But you made a comeback into skateboarding like like uh uh short pants like uh what uh, what's something else that people love. That came back? Yeah. Vinyl records. Oh, yeah. You're oh. like the vinyl records of skateboarding. Oh, man. I'm like the wax roll that they used to use back in Victorian times or whatever. Skateboarding that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we were trying to say you're Save. old. No, wax. no, no. I mean, no. we skate We we skate with a couple of dudes who are older than you or your same exact age. Yeah, I'm, I'm 46. So I just literally turned 46 last weekend. So That's like, nothing. It's nothing. It doesn't, it, doesn't skate- like it doesn't. It doesn't even feel that old. Like, well, it feels old, but it doesn't feel like exceptionally old for skateboarding these days, you know. So, yeah. Um, oh yeah, the- you saw Tony Hawk do the nine hundred at fifty, and I always said with my low impact skating, I'll be mm. able to skate flat ground for probably a long time. That was my plan. I don't know if it's panning out though. I was very. I was always kind of cautious with skateboarding. Like I. I, well, one, I didn't think I had the skill to be. A, I'd love, you know, I like to skate a flat ball or a round ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the skill even then to take it to a handrail or anything super gnarly, you know. So I was always kind of cautious with skateboarding it, it, with the, in the knowledge that I wanted to skate for a long time, hopefully, you know, yeah. if I was passionate about it. So I've kind of done okay with that. But, um, yeah, I kind of. I don't know. I don't think I've made too much of a concession. Maybe I could have done more with it, but probably would have just, I would. I just I didn't have the skill. I probably would have like just completely murdered myself and then like put myself out of action forever, you know? So you would have got broke off as they yeah, say. I would have, yeah. I would have got broke off. Like I would have just, you know, had one of those horrific injuries and just been you know, done, you know? So I'm glad well, that. Didn't happen. What I was going to say about the, that guy that actually spoke to me, I wasn't saying the whole thing in general. I was saying a very specific, point where you're talking about starting heroin and you're talking about uh being on heroin in the beginning days and talking about the passion sort of uh overriding the skill but yeah. also that it's not dumbing down the skating because that's a 
that's a very important aspect that I think about Fancy Lad, where people are always like, uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, they're not as, like, good as the other guys, so they're, like, doing this stuff, but it's, it's completely valid, as valid in a less dangerous way. Yeah, of course. Look at the, the, the thing with skateboarding is, is it can be technically crazy or it can be, you know, super dynamic. But, but the, the, the key thing with skateboarding is being, is being creative. If you can do something that nobody's ever done before and that's still possible with a skateboard, that has got to be the most important thing, you know? So um, I'd love to be, you know, technically able like Shane O'Neill or, super gnarly like some other guy or even have a better style like some other guy but but if you can i think if you if you're creative in skateboarding then you've then you've you've made that's i think that's that's one of the most valid contributions to skateboarding you know like is to it's actually you contributed to it by creating something that's never been done and that could be you know it could be that it could be you know i don't know a crack gnarly leg flip or it could be a i don't know it could be anything but you know like someone like like um like Benton, like the stoop Benton, he's like, he's one of the most creative skaters out there, you know? Like I can just watch that guy because I can see how he puts things together. So. Wow, that is high praise for John Benton. I was just going to say, I just want to be clear. You're talking about. You're talking about the Je- Fancy Lad team rider, new rider, John Benton. And then I heard you yell exit his Instagram handle, at F-U, F-U Stoop. Yep. Is it F-U Stoop? Okay, so yeah. I'm done. Oh no! Oh. It's it's a lot of people say foo stoop, but it's actually because part of the fu crew. Yeah, we cleared this up on the last ex- last episode of the podcast, so that's just a you know current. Yeah, you have topic. to like you have to bear with me. I know nothing about skateboarding. I was off of Instagram for a year or so, and I just I I don't know anybody. And I don't remember anything. But 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 back to the fu stoop. I want to hear your high praise. Mm-hmm. No, but because he's going to want to hear it. He he gets he gets very down on himself. This is going to uplift him. <laughs> Yeah, okay. This is gonna bring him. I know you're about all about the mental health, mm-hmm. so this is gonna really. This is gonna help him. He's gonna be riding this for at least a week or so. <laughs> but look, what he's doing is he, he's creative. He's he sees skateboarding and he sees spots in a totally different different way to most people. In a, you know, the way I approached skateboarding was, I know I didn't have the skill to do the you know this the same tricks as everybody else. So when I went to a spot, I had to find a unique way of skating. I had to find my skill, if I had a skill, was skating something wrong, you know, as far as everybody else was concerned, you know. Yeah. And and that's the same thing with him. He's, he's putting things together in a totally different way. And um, I can just do this justice, really. It just, it just has a different eye for, for and, and a different approach. And... Yeah, just a, a, diff, a totally different take on it, really. But it, but it's there's a lot, you know, a lot of it is is still what you know every average skateboarder would consider legit. There's a lot of like legit stuff in there, you know, which isn't weird or wacky or crazy. This, but also, but also, there's a lot of really like stuff that's hard, to, stuff that would take you hours to do. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff I couldn't even do. You know, like if I give me all day, I couldn't do some of that stuff. So. You know, but it, but this, the vision is the most important thing in skate. Vision, like I said, the passion and that creative that creativity is the you know, passion is greater than the skill. Is better better than skill. You know, so he's got a he's got both, but in a different direction, which is which I think is much more interesting than a lot of people. You know, 
it's what we founded the entire ethos of the company on really mm-hmm. um and i almost think of it as a little bit of a not a cheat code cuz it doesn't make things easier but al- it an alternative skateboarding where it's just equal amount of effort but in a different uh avenue like it branches out into a different way yeah and yeah zacker when he first you started talking about how he was considered a creative skater when he was skating for the company on the early days he was saying that's why he was labeled the creative skater because he couldn't like ollie down like a loading dock or something like that so he would do like an early grab like layback and because yeah. he couldn't do the actual legit thing and had to find another way to do it, then yeah. he was labeled, he became like the creative skater of the crew. Yeah. So he he always thought it was something that wasn't as good, but he's going to settle for it. But I think that that stuff is more interesting because it's actually the ingenuity behind it. Yeah. I think they're both, they're both, both things are equally, equally valid. I, and I, it's part of skateboarding and you, that's, you they're both both things are valid. Technical ability is valid. Yeah, is valid. If you've got both, then wow, that's the next level. You know what I mean? Right. But very few people have both. Yeah, you know? and I used to I used to wait for that. Like in every video I would watch, because I would watch every video that came out, and then it's like I'd watch even videos I didn't even like. Like let's say I think just what pops into my head is the Time to Shine Transworld video. Okay. Which I don't really care for. But then in the friends section, Danny Gonzalez has that clip where he w- r- rides up the wall onto the ceiling. Probably the only time I can't, I, maybe it's been done like once or twice since then, but that the thing, triple, the, the double it, wall ride to vertical. Uh, in Escondido, is it, it's an Escondido. I think that um, I went there one time, a long time back. I think that's, that's what it is. It's just talking to Foz about it. Funny. Um, yeah, and he gets up onto the ceiling out of that thing, and that's crazy to do yeah. that. That's so what we, I'm talking about, where creativity and skill, yeah, come together. That's yeah, that's that's yeah, that's definitely an angle. I just thought someone else, but I kind of. Um, oh, you, you know, like you said about watching videos, like you, you just watch a video. I would watch form one of all things, and I'd be like, every time I saw form one. Somebody would do a trick in that which I'd never seen. You know, I'd, I'd wait for that one trick that'd be in there. Exactly. So there'd be, so there'd be like the ones I remember. This is really weird, but the, there are two that I remember. They're kind of they're kind of random in their way. But one was one was Jerry Fowler doing a kickflip table on a round bar. I, I was like waiting for someone to do that. Yeah, and I did that in a form one. It was in inside a warehouse, I think, on a round bar. Mm-hmm. And um, and then another kind of. Another one like was um, Justin Reynolds did like a, a front on a yellow flap. I did like a front board and popped off to fakey to fakey manual off the pavement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've never seen anybody do anything like that. You know, and they were just two small things which stick in my head. But there were lots of things like that. And I would, you know, you'd see for the first time and you, that, that was the one thing in all those form ones with all those tours and demos and bullshit trick tips and then, but to see someone do something for the first time, that was that kept me watching those things for years, you know. Yeah, and those are those are the tricks that I think are really end up furthering the game, as I call it. Yeah, when PJ Ladd did a kickflip feeble on the Skater Island rail, even though it was a skate park, that yeah. blew me away the first time I saw it. Yeah, I think I don't know. I can't remember which one I remember seeing first. That or the Jerry Jerry Fowler one. I remember the Jerry Fowler one. Yeah. 
and I can't remember. I think it might have even been in a chaos section or something. But yeah, it was like it was something like that. It was just it was. I'm pretty sure it was in a in a warehouse, like probably some Zorlak warehouse or somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know it's a different time in skateboarding now than when you when you quit. Why'd you yeah. quit exactly? Um, I think I was done with it in. I don't know. I had a t- I had a real tough time with being in the in the public eye a little bit. Obviously, the kind of way I skated wasn't wasn't super gnarly. Didn't feel like a lot of pressure. Just couldn't justify it to myself. I think just weird. I because I didn't I didn't start skateboarding thinking I was going to be sponsored even. You know, and it there was a point came where I just was passionate about skateboarding. I thought, well, I could actually get some free stuff here. I just put the work in, and yeah, and then. I might have some nice photographs and video parts to look back on one day, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of went on and on. And then Foz started heroin and it, you know, the opportunity to write for that came along after, you know, everything else. So, and then that turned into being a professional skateboarder for heroin. Cause that was, again, it was Foz needed a pro and um, it kind of made sense. And, it and you it. happen to have the best no comply in the <laughs> game. So he said, you're pro. I don't know about that, but, Okay. Well, uh, but um, yeah, I, yeah. Go on. <laughs> I was going to say what, I mean, who else do you, the only other person, I mean, they mentioned this in the, 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 that, that guy video, but the only other person that people ever mentioned is Ray Barbie. So you yeah. got two people, you, you got a top two, you're in the top two. Uh, dude, you got Ray, you got Hensley stuff at the start of Shack and Me Not, we just uh-huh. skipped mm-hmm. doing no complies. And then, the absolute best no comply is probably Mike Russick. So, you know what I mean? Mike's funny, no comply. There's a still from a Slack magazine and it's shot and it's just Mike has got, yeah. Mike's the winner on that. So, <laughs> When I was growing up, I never even tried the trick because I was, you know, at the time it was a, a very taboo trick because your foot's mm-hmm. touching the lava. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. the name of the game was so your feet don't touch the lava. Hot lava. You yeah. know? But then I saw the legend section of uh, the Trans World video. How was it? Modus Operandi, where Ray Barbie does that uh, no comply over the barrel off of the stage. Okay, no. yeah. That was after that. that. I think that's in Sight Unseen. Okay. Oh, yeah, Sight Unseen. So it was the legend section in that. And uh, I was like, damn, that is a legit trick. If you do it like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that, a lot of times you see people do no complies and they're not they're not complies. Really is what they are. But yeah, if you do it properly, mm-hmm. man, it can look good. And hey, I'm I'm one of those guys that I can't really do a good no comply. Maybe no maybe no comply 180 or or uh like a, a whaley flip, something like that. Uh-huh. But not not a straight up no comply. I've never been able to get it to like lift properly, you yeah. know. And people always call all of my fling tricks no complies, but it's funny. The actual actual only no comply trick I can do is a no comply 360. I can't do any other one. Can't do 180. Can't do straight one. Backside or frontside? Frontside. Okay. Backside's incredibly hard. I don't know backside how people even sick. step off backside. I fall when I try to step off backside on a backside. no comply. Really terrible. So, but the shackle me not video with the Hensley part. Uh, yeah. You know what's funny is when I was growing up. I started doing kickflip half flips and that trick just came back because of Ben Cadeau and, yeah. uh, you know, in the Supreme videos. Yeah. But at the time I was in high school and I was like, I invented a new trick, kickflip half flip. I invented it. 
And then I saw the Matt Hensley shackle me not, not part, and I was like, "Damn it! This guy did it like 15 years before me." Yeah. The first one I saw was um, was Jim Thebaud in in Speed Freaks. He does one. Mm. That was the first time I saw it. That's where I got it from. That that half flip. I don't even know if I've seen uh, that that video actually. Yeah, you must have seen Speed Freaks. It's, it's, it's the best. The wheels, the, the Speed Wheels video. Yeah, that's there's so many parts in that. It's crazy with blender footage. There's Todd Swank has a section. Just everybody has a section in that thing. There are like three million sections in it. So I don't think I've ever seen any Todd Swank footage. Now that you mention it. Yeah, you need to see the Speed Freaks is important. Like me and Foz talk about that all the time. But, you know, they everybody would everybody's section would come up and it would, there was uh, a subtitle at the bottom that showed you exactly what wheel they rode. Like it would have you know sixty uh, mil Hossoi rockets ninety seven A or whatever the rider was, and there was like a there was so many guys, and that starts up with Dresden, um and it ends with Valley, and and there's loads of Dinosaur Junior in it, and there were like there must be like forty or fifty sections, and it's really long. Um, that's really good. Speed Freaks is one of my favorite videos. Of, yes, it's super important to me that video. Call me really. crazy. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, you gotta see Speed Freaks. It's fucking it's insane. Crazy. Yeah, yeah there's endless stuff. Because <laughs> I love skate videos. And Tom Knox does the first kickflip wall ride from flat. I saw in that. Like he's he's skating. He's just skating some curbs and he, he's skating Brazilia. Oh no, where's he? Where did he live? I can't remember. Um. Anyway, yeah, he does a kickflip wall ride from flat in that. Like, um, there are, there are endless things in that. The blender, there's blender skating like some stuff with Steve Claw skating Sadlands. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of really good stuff in that video. It's super long, and there's like a million sections. Like, there's there's a whole section of Z Boys, like Jim Acosta and Butch Sturbins. There's Bryant Brannan's in it, like. Everybody's in that thing. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, so I got to ask: What other uh, videos uh, inspired you when you were when you were coming up? When I was young, like when I was young, or when I was coming up more? Yeah, let's say a little bit of both. Okay, so the one, <laughs> the, the no comply thing, it comes from from watching Public Domain for the first time, and I got that thing in the post from Slam. I was living in Wales, um, which is like. The, the wild west as far as Britain's concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you in Cardiff? Or you yeah, near, exactly. you're in Swansea? Yeah, that's it. Near Swansea, like that. Oh, yeah. My aunt lives in Swansea. Where, um, where Skin Phillips is from. Oh. So, um, out that way. So, um, and I got, you know, I got public domain. It came in the post like months after it had come out. I had never seen it. Obviously, there was no big, no, no YouTube or anything. How much was it at the time? Was it like 50 bucks? Because skate videos yeah, like, were so... Thirty or forty bucks, I guess. It would have been Jesus like Christ. That's what I. That's what I heard. Like the Plan B video when it came out was like, you know, crazy amount of money. Yeah, they were super expensive. Those things. So, um, and I just saw. I saw that video the first time. That section with the with Ray Barbie and Steve Size and and uh, Eric Sams and Chet Thomas. That that Rubber Boy section. And I went out that day, that evening after school, and. I made myself learn I want to, you know, comply from, from watching that video. I was like, you know, not, not just to kick it around, but to jump and catch it and land on it, you know, and to do it clean and, and to make myself do that. And that was the first trick I ever made myself do, ever taught myself to do. I skated on my own a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. And it was the very first trick which 
I had nobody to show me how to do it. It literally came from a video. I kind of watched it over and over, memorized it, went out and made myself learn it. And I think that's a big key of why it's a big, an important part of my skateboarding because it was, I taught it to myself. You know, I didn't, it, it was the first trick I remember teaching myself. And I think it stuck from there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, and I think so that public domain was super important for that. Then, um, other videos like Hocus Pocus, I went to the premiere of that. We had a premiere. That blew my mind. I just screamed for an hour when that was on. Do you know what I mean? We were in, the, in an auditorium in a, and we just screamed. Like It was just insane. Everything in that was insane to me. Yeah. Well, that's uh, like all everything happening for the first time, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, the name of the game is blowing people's minds. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that video, not... I don't know. Was it was it easier back then when with with it being the sk- skateboard history being so fresh, you know, or was it just as hard? I don't know. It's just it was just really you know we were riding boards which were, with fish tails and then trying to learn tray flips on the things and it's just like you're riding this ten inch board that's super heavy and it's a bird board you know and yeah and it wasn't hard your board was getting trashed from from trying to do that stuff. Um, were you uh, a fan of the video days then when Jason yeah, I, Lee said, you know what, you can tray flip on a fishboard? Yeah, I saw video days a little, I, I was in the, I don't know where I was. I think I saw that about th- three months or so after it came out. So I saw that a little late. Um, and that that was something I saw and took in. But then like, there was something that I appreciated much more later on. And I yeah. still, now the video days is, it, to me is, like Gone's a section of video days is, is that income that is all of skateboarding to me you know it has inventiveness it has it has you know um obviously amazing skill level good style just freestyling around you know dragging his hand on the floor yeah it's that spontaneity of just mm-hmm. the the cruisiness mixed in with him you know skating that muska kink trail obviously it's the gons kink trail but you know the one from tony hawk's pro skater 2 yeah, school yeah. level. I'm sure you played a lot of that game. Um. <laughs> but that whole that that Gons is part of video day. I, I watch that now before I go skating. You know, yeah, I mean, I've been watching that since when did it come out? 1991. Yeah. Um, my 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 favorite Pal video that kind of gets slept on is Pal Propaganda. No one ever mentions that video. Who's Propaganda? That's got like. Yeah. It's it's still got the the it's got like Lance Conk- Conklin and Ray Barbie and oh, you know Salman Agaz even in it and Colin McKay that was his first part I believe and I just love how the video is all put together and edited and it was like mostly a street video because it came out in like 1990 but like yeah. no one ever mentions that everyone's always like public domain ban this and they never mention propaganda and i'm like that was the classic one for me was was that the video that had a pat brennan section in it or was that later on no pat brennan pat brennan died in an automobile accident like in the 90s i think but he was he skated he had like a piece of classical piano in that might have been okay i don't think that he was in that video then i was thinking of somebody else uh who says that they started skating because of back to the future but i forget his name um But it's a good reason to start skating. That is skating. a good reason. Marty McFly is cool. Yeah. 
So I said, yeah, I think everybody, all my friends that I did have back home, they started skating because of Back to the Future. And I was like a year after that, I think I came on a little late than that. So uh, you were bigger, bigger into Back to the Future too. <laughs> Once there was a possibility of a hoverboard in the future, you said, all right, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in now. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll sign up for that. <laughs> but, but fast forwarding to uh, more so, yeah, when you well, a little more contemporary, let's say in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, after that we've got so we've got video days, and then there's a, there's obviously bits and bobs floating around. There's obviously you've got Love Child, which is important. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. and, Spencer the, Fujimoto. The net, yeah, that um, yeah, that video of Jed and uh, Day One. Day One, like I learned, I did when I learned a hard flip like that day off a curb, just like wasn't just, that like the first hard flip on, on uh, in a video. I think that is the first one. He does it over like a tiny grass gap. Yeah. Like, yeah. Small drop. And it's uh, super mobbed. <laughs> yeah. I may, may even hit the floor, but I, but I'll, I'll give him a pass on that. Cause it was, it was the first one I'd seen. And, and it was day yeah. one. I went out and learned, I had to do a hard flip that day from seeing that. So it wasn't pretty, but, but I had to do one, you know? Yeah. And then after that, I think we get into more like 96 or into, you know, visual sound and then tin can folklore from stereo and Eastern exposure three. That was the video that really changed was another big change. You know, that was East coast USA is what I'm saying is the best skating ever. That's what I keep trying to tell everybody. Yeah. And you know, sorry, go on. You know, I, I always feel like when, when we were growing up, we were watching at, for the newer videos, at least we were watching a lot of uh, we got a lot of like the blueprint videos, landscape, obviously like heroin and stuff. Yeah. And that seems so much more accessible and relatable to us through like, I don't know, East Coast skating is, you know, the spots are shitty, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we don't have big, perfect handrails or sets or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see you guys skating these cobblestones that have been there for fucking 2,000 years or some bullshit. And we're like, all right, you these, know, guys, these guys fucking get it. It's true. There's almost like there's some sort of connection between England and, and New, New England. England. I, I don't understand. I wouldn't expect it. Of all of the place names and, the, and all the buildings. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, odd. That's the same. The exact my my you know when we saw Eastern, when I saw Eastern Exposure three obviously I'd seen the Famines video and I'd seen Eastern Exposure two maybe before that but um, Eastern Exposure three it was the same thing for us I could relate to it because it was guys skating in really actual genuinely warm sweatshirts not California sweatshirts mm-hmm. you know, and wearing coats and beanies and gloves even and it's getting in the dark like because. I don't know. It wasn't blue, sunny California sky. Maybe the whole because the whole thing was black and white as well. I guess that kind yeah. of was a big part of it. Um, it was really so relatable, you know. To see, you know, I was a huge Donny Barley fan. You know, I've always been a huge Donny Barley fan. You know, of course, so, hell yeah. And Rick Earl is kind of four wheel drive skateboarding. You know, the way he skated and the way he approached things with the. Like just you know driving over things on yeah. you know on a massive board with riser pads and sixty mil wheels and you know Matt Reason all those guys that that was a totally different take on skateboarding it was technical but there was kind of a lot of a lot of four wheel drive skateboarding in it you know like um, all terrain skateboarding you know like you can just say the spots suck lots <laughs> of um, but it, we just related to it you know I didn't it was it was kind of crusty but. 
you know, the, but that's, it was much more relatable than, you know, when I, the, when I went to America, the, I went to, you know, New York and the, the two places stuck out in America to me were, were um, Philadelphia and Chicago, much more than California. Yeah. Um, I much, even, you know, I spent a bit of time in, in all those places, but Philadelphia, skating downtown Philadelphia is flat, pretty much. You can yeah. skate everywhere. You can skate, you know, in the street. Um, yeah, there's no hills. It's weird. Like, you know, like Love Park and City Hall across the street and, and all of that just was so much more relatable, you know. Um, I was really lucky. I went, that was like 97 I went there. And that was one of the, that was amazing. That was really, that was really good. I, but it was, yeah, it was much more relatable as far as, you know, where I'd come from in skateboarding architecture wise, you know, San Diego is very, uh, you know, literally arid, you know I mean? It's, it's very dry. The public transport's terrible. You know, you don't have a vehicle, you're stuck and, and you end up getting dragged to the same old spots that you've seen in videos. And they're normally, you know, I don't know. They're just kind of, stand and it's exciting to go to somewhere and skate you know pb or go to roosevelt school or see these places but there's nothing there to do you know whereas Philadelphia yeah. was like street game like granite ledges you know like love park like wow this is i can relate to this you know i felt the same way when i visited la i was like and i skated with foss and i was he showed me a couple spots that i like but for the most part while i was there either foss or my friend I was like, you're pretty much taking me on a famous skate tour of all the spots that I can't skate and have no interest in skating. And I'm still having fun seeing them. I'm still liking that I'm seeing the clipper ledge. But, you know, at the same time, I would like to skate something that I would actually skate. Yeah. And. Yeah, the, the Philly and Chicago, I like way more than L.A. Um even you know san francisco maybe has a little little something more that i want to skate but um you ever been to boston no that's the one place i didn't go i missed i missed boston um it was just because of the route i took across i i just flew into new york and then basically had to ground across to san francisco i had like 90 days on my visa like my passport was a visa so i had 90 days to get across the holiday visa i'm familiar with the one it was basically that. So I was lucky I got a trip to, I went down to uh, Wilmington, um, went to Baltimore maybe, um, and a few random places, Ohio. I went to Dayton, Ohio, like completely randomly and, and stayed with some guys there. A guy called John Buchanan used to be below for Alien. Um, and, and saw Mike Hayes. Mike Awesome. Laser. Yeah. Inventor, inventor of the laser flip, yellow exit time code. Beep, beep, beep. Dude, I love time code. Um, yellow exit Lenny Kerr. Um, yeah, yeah so yellow exit Josh Kalis. Fuck it, dude. Mm-hmm. But I missed, yeah, I missed Boston. I really do want to go there. Somewhere I, it's in, in all of the states, it's the one place I do need to go back and see, you know. So I will do that. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not bullshitting you. I will actually get out there at some point and go. Hey, dude, you know what? Let us know. You always got a place to stay if you want. Mm -hmm. We'll do that. As long as you get a COVID test before you come. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, you, you just show up. You just tell us when you're coming. And then the day you're showing up, we'll tell Matt Tomasello that you need to stay in his basement and everything will be gravy. You'd be okay with that, Lee. Oh, absolutely. 
<laughs> yeah, actually, we'd probably be psyched if we told him it was Chris Pullman. You could stay on my futon too. I don't mind. Sick. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, I'm a. My mom has been a pen has had a pen pal for. 30, 40 years or something like that uh, okay. from England who oh, lives wow. in who lives in Sheffield. No way. Yeah. And I is a Jarvis Cocker right before COVID hit. We were going to take a trip out there. Okay. And the, no, it's not Jarvis Cocker. That'd be um, sick. Is he from Sheffield? He's from Sheffield, right? I think Pope's from Sheffield. I did not know that. I do I not know? Um, I don't know anything. I told you I don't know anything. You keep talking. I'll I'll Google search it. Okay. Um. Anyway, right before I hit up, um, you know, Brookfield there, um, being like, I'm coming out to Sheffield. Me and my mom. She's gonna visit her pen pal. I'm gonna just be there to skate. Let's link up. And uh, he was super psyched. And then uh, COVID hit. Goddamn. Goddamn. COVID hit. Mm. And uh, Jarvis Carker is from Sheffield. That's great to know. Yeah. Confirmed. Confirmation. So I'm still planning on going out there as well to, yeah. she- to, to Sheffield. And, but you're, you're not in Sheffield, though, are you? No, I'm, he's, near, I'm near London. I'm he's like, close enough. Where, where, where near London, if you don't mind This place is, um, is kind of is Surrey, which is kind of south kind of west southwest of, of london it's mm. only like 40 miles out of, out of london so um a lot of really wealthy kind of city kind of people live here it's, it's kind of nice countryside but it's yeah it's it, it's not really i mean i'm really in exile here it's not really my natural environment but i'm i'm enjoying the countryside you know so but there isn't a lot of modern architecture here so it's lots of skate parks and mm. you want to trip into london to skate you know, obviously it's great. London's great to skate. So um, even going to Stockwell Skate Park, which is still a favorite of mine. So I go there. But um, yeah, but you should, yeah, you should, if you, you know, when you come over here, just come, you can come stay here and I can take you on a tour around here as well into London and do that stuff. But it's, I'll have to, I'll have to rent a car or something yeah. to, to make it all the way from there to there. But he, yeah. he says he, he refuses to drive on the left-hand side it's of the true. road. It's true. It's true. So, so you I'm better be watch driving out. on the right the entire time. Warn, warn everyone. <laughs> okay, I'll warn them all. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so my, my, my cousin owns a, a brewery in, uh, in is it uh, Faversham in Kent. Faversham, okay. Yeah, uh, called uh, Yellow Exit Boudelier's Brewery. If anyone Yellow is Exit. in the UK and can that's you know it's distributed places i'm sure you can find it mm-hmm. um but yeah i've been to i've been to england uh probably about eight times always with my family uh okay. my dad is from yorkshire um oh. but i never got to I, I i brought my board a few times but i never actually got to go skate i skated a park i skated a few parking lots okay. and i skated a flat bar so that some random kids had set up in like a city plaza once that's it. I never got to. I saw some spots when I was in London, but I didn't have my board. Oh, it's a oh, damn man. shame. It's a bummer to come all this way and not to like roll around at South Bank or or to go to Stockwell and just see it, you know. And it's, it's really, you know, you can see a lot of that stuff in a day if you had a nice dry long day. You could do, you know, and a good tour guide. You can do that real quick, you know, just to just to go and have an hour in four or five places. You could do that. Right. It's all really, really doable. Get on the tube and just do it that way. You know, just put on the underground and do it that way. 
the proper skate tour. Yeah, you could do it. I just, yeah. I didn't have a guide though. That's true. My aunt, my aunt doesn't skate. So <laughs> I know. So Eastern Exposure came out, and no. then you turned pro for heroin skateboards, and you decided to quit. And then years went by where you were doing God knows what. Yeah, was it then? So yeah, I did. So the re- I kind of quit the the heroin being pro skateboarder and riding for vans at the time over here. And so I was doing the whole black box job. So I did that for like five years. Um, I was like a sales manager here running black box UK. So I was doing it all. I, you know, essentially I was running the whole thing and being the footwear rep and the whole lot. So, um, which was really good. I, I really liked, um, the challenge of that. I, I actually liked working, you know, you know, I'm a fan of Jamie Thomas. Like, you know, I've always been a fan of Jamie Thomas as a skateboarder. The chef, of course. <laughs> um, and I got to go out to San Diego like three or four times a year as well, which was nice because there are a good crew of people out there, you know, worked at Black Box. They were, mm-hmm. they were good dudes. So, um, so that was obviously there's a, a, a massive number of really rad people worked at Black Box, you know, so from from John McGuire to you know to Chad Foreman who is you know who's, who's uh, the general manager there uh, and all the other guys you know who worked there from Mario who worked in production to Billy Weatherford who's like uh, he worked there um, and Brian Howard worked there and Brian's from I want to say South Carolina Brian, you know you know Brian Howard bird skater yeah I remember him from the videos I don't know him personally. Yeah, Bihar worked out there. He was, he was, I always stayed with him. He was super cool and he'd take us to some rad spots. So it was good to see that kind of, that was the best view of California I got when I was there because we, we got to go to some good spots. Um, but anyway, so I did the whole black box thing. Uh, and then we had a recession and that all kind of went down the pan. Um, I kept, managed to keep black box UK going for quite a, quite a while. Um, and then I think everything was starting to struggle. Um, and yeah, that didn't really work out so good. And that's kind of got, they just couldn't, they were, I think the black box in the U S had to concentrate so hard on their domestic market. They really couldn't pay too much attention to international. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard. It was quite labor intensive just to employ just one person overseas to do it. They kind of just needed to give it back to a distributor again. Um, and I'd worked really hard to make Fallen work over here, you know. So, um, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. It was just got to a point where it just wasn't going to work for me at that point. So um, then I went back to Slam. I went back to Slam City Skates, and I worked as their business manager for a little while. Um, and that was when Palace was starting up. So I worked, you know, Lev is a, someone I've known a real long time, and Palace was really exciting. So... I got to work there a little bit, um, doing sales and a, and a little bit of production as well. Um, so that was that was really good. Um, I enjoyed that because they're all good kids. You know, Lev's a good kid, and you know, Chewy and 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 Brady and Karim and all those guys are really cool. You know, so yeah, um, and they're people who I saw grow up as well. So, and they seem to be doing quite well. Yeah, they're doing now. They're doing really well. Like the the I think the by the time I, when I left, so I only went back to Slam for a couple of years. Um, and then it was after that really that 
like Palace was gearing up to go in that direction to become this large brand that was very um, like a hype beast brand almost at yeah, into, into the into the realms of supreme you know yeah the, exactly yeah. That kind of size of that kind of size and kudos and with you know with stores and that kind of that kind of vibe and it was it was always going to go in that direction i think because it had the potential to always be the i don't want to call it the british supreme because that that that's not fair to those guys but you know it it, it equates to the same thing you know yeah. so the the british equivalent yeah, I don't want to because that, that's that's that. They're, they're not that. But they're, Success, you know, well, success-wise, we'll say. Well, we'll call it a top streetwear brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should explain it that way. So, yeah, yeah, UK UK's pre- premier streetwear brand. Exactly. Palace. So you stayed uh, in the industry then, pretty much it, the entire time. Yeah. So you know, from from I managed Slam Six Gates from '99 to 2005. Then I worked for Black Box till 2010, 11. Then I worked at Slam from 11 to 13. Then I had my own little brand for a couple of years. Oh, what was that? That was called Descent Skateboards. It was pretty small. Um, it was very niche, aimed at like the 1% skateboarders that might have got it. Um, and that kind of did okay. Uh, it, did, it did well over here. It was never really going to do much internationally, but it, did, it had a fan base here, you know? So... Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked at uh, the Polar Distributor, Keen Distribution over here mm. uh, for like a year. Yeah, I, then... uh, I reached out to them to try to see if they want to carry fancy lad. Okay. To a guy named Mike. Yeah, Mike's a good lad. Yeah, he works really hard. Yeah. yeah he cares a lot, Mike. So Yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah um, he, said he, he said he wasn't interested. All right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot. He's got a lot on his plate right now. I know. I know. No, no. He was nice about it. He was nice about it. He said like uh, he he kind of gave me the like uh, he wasn't interested at this moment. But if I built the brand up a little more, you know, feel free to like hit him back. So yeah, I think Mike's Mike's a really hardworking guy. He runs a really tight ship, Um, and maybe I think Fancy Lad kind of needs. As it just really needs someone who's like a massive fan of it to really to really push it and give it the attention attention and you know and, and it's to, true. Yeah, otherwise, it's just going to be another brand, another brand on a list of brands, and that won't, wouldn't do you justice. You know, you need, right? But it's it's it. it's weird because it's a, a a niche brand with um also mass appeal. That's yeah. what I want Mike to realize going into this. Okay, if he's listening. Yeah. Mike might be listening. I hope he's listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Um, <laughs> so do you still work in the industry to this day? No, I haven't worked. So I had a bit of a, yeah, I don't know. I, 2016 was a disaster. I don't really know how much I want to talk about that, but 2016 was a disaster. Like, I lost my job. My marriage fell apart. Um, my company failed. Um, yeah, and then I kind of went into exile, I guess, self-imposed for a couple of years. Mm. Um, and Did you then, move up to the mountains and yeah, start hunting your own food. And... I went back to Wales and lived lived in a, in a cottage. I lived at a chocolate factory for a little while, and then uh, an abandoned chocolate factory, which was a whole other experience. Um, and then, yeah, so yeah, from 2016 to kind of maybe last year was kind of a bit of a wilderness years kind of thing, and I kind of didn't didn't. Um, 
there was a moment where I really didn't even want to look at a skateboard. It didn't, I, I think I was on some quest for authenticity or something and it, I'd spent my whole life skateboarding and, and skateboarding had defined me as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I was, I think I was a little bit worried that I was going to go my whole life and be like, was skateboarding the only thing I ever did? You know what I mean? Was that the only passion I ever had? You know, because I don't, I don't do artwork. I don't draw and paint like I used to, or you know, I yeah, do rock a little bit. But it's the only I mean, way that you have to express your creativity. Yeah, and I was, I was, the only I was avenue. a little worried that it, it was that I was going to be defined by that, and I, and I kind of rejected it for a little while, and was hoping something else might spring out of whatever and be like, oh, I'm going to be a, am I, am I going to be a writer? Or am I going to be a teacher? Am I going to be something else um and it turned out that that skateboarding really was my big passion in my life and my board was in the corner of the room kind of shouting to me saying hey look i you should be doing this this is what you do you know so it took a little while to say you know what maybe you just have to admit it and 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 admit to yourself that you are you know chris pullman skateboarder um it's your calling it is, and it's, it seems really weird to me, and I have this huge thing about, like, what is authentic and what isn't, but, you know, it's very rare to find a passion in your life. I don't, I think a lot of people go through their lives without ever finding some strong passion that they can, they throw themselves into, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I feel really lucky, and I, I forgot how lucky I was to have that real strong drive towards one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought, yeah, I'll just, I'll just skate a lot more and, and dedicate more of my time to it. And, and um, you know, skateboarding as you get older, you have to put the hours in a little bit, you know? Yeah. Because if you don't, you don't enjoy it because you're not good on your board, you can't, you can't express yourself to it because you've got, you, you just don't have the board control. So you kind of have to put the hours in to then, you know, get to a certain level where you can enjoy it again, you know? Right. It wasn't forcing. I was enjoying it, but um, I did. Um, yeah, I put the hours in, and then and it started coming back together again. You know, and I started really enjoying it again. You know, so well, that's that's what uh, you know, Matt was saying a while back. Uh, Matt Tomasello, he was like, you know, I spent twenty years getting this good at skateboarding. You don't think I'm gonna spend every moment I can to actually, you know, actively be this good at skateboarding in the moment? I put a lot of work into it to get up to this point. It doesn't make sense to not be skateboarding right now. Yeah, I think that's what it that's what it felt like. And obviously, it, there is more to skateboarding than actually skateboarding. And, it, and as you get a little older, you can see that. You know, I ditched Instagram for a while. I don't have any other social media. I just have Instagram. Mm-hmm. Which and, you're, uh, you you which you see. I was assuming that you left mm-hmm. skateboarding, right? And so you could come back. Mm-hmm. With new haircut, mm-hmm. new set of glasses, mm-hmm. a mustache, mm-hmm. a striped shirt, yep. and a new set of slacks, and yeah. come back and make your huge comeback in Instagram, which you have mm-hmm. as the you know new steezy guy on the scene. <laughs> now that you've reinvented yourself fashion wise, um, I don't know. I think I've gone backwards. I think I look more like everybody thought I looked, and now than I did for years. Um, I didn't, there was no, uh, the, the, you know, the, I got back on Instagram because I, it was a way of connecting. You know, if you got, if you want to, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a job. I haven't worked for a couple of years. And if you want to get free product, then you work for it. And, you know, yeah. 
say, hey, Foz, I'm going to, if you give me some boards, I'm going to go and film some stuff and try and take photos and do that, you know, and, and do the, the work side of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Foz has always looked after me and he's, he's you know, he, he, he can tell when I'm inspired to skate and when I'll do stuff, you know, so he's known me long enough. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's not as, it's not as, um, it's not, it's not a direct transaction of effort for product. You know, it's not like that, but it is, I, you know, I can help Foz out and, and, you know, and, and express myself through skateboarding. I'm going to do that. You know? Well, it's a business relationship. Yeah. And in, in a way, but you know, it's, it's so much, it's a lot more than that, but, yeah. uh, but it, there's, there's a little bit of that, but obviously at my age coming back into skateboarding, I wanted to come back and maybe say something or, or talk to someone or talk to people. And it, I don't know. Didn't think I came back with any direct idea of inspiring anybody. It just turned out that way that maybe people who are a little bit older who haven't skated for a while, like, Oh wow. You've shown me that it's okay to just skate around and smile and enjoy it, you know, with whatever talent you still have left, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's been a connection there. And I've obviously, I've talked a lot about mental health as well. And there's been a really good connection with that too. And just mostly about inspiring people to talk about it. Um, yeah. That's been, that's kind of been a big part coming back to use skateboarding as, as literally a vehicle to kind of, to get people talking about things like that. Um, and that seemed really important to me at the time. And it, and it does now. You know? So, um, yeah. yeah I, feel, I feel like the mental health thing is a big part of your inst- Instagram uh, you know, and it's something that is, you know, yeah, a lot more talked about today than I have ever heard. I yeah. mean, you it's know, really- we, we all have mental problems. You know, I, you know, I have my own, you know, I just started trying a uh, transcendental meditation myself. Okay. That's it. That's all I have to say. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um- I think it was, I think when, you know, when our friend Ben, Ben Ramis, um, um, took his own life, um, that was a big, I just, you know, I didn't, Ben, me and Ben both rode with Vans. Ben's a lot younger than me uh, and he's much more connected to a lot more of my friends, but I just, it didn't seem right that someone that talented and that nice somehow got into that position where they didn't feel like they could be around anymore because they were, there's someone who had a lot to offer the world, you know? Yeah. And I, in my head, I think that was the trigger to get back on Instagram is this can't happen again. Like we can't lose another, put another passionate, lovely human again like that. It just didn't seem right. Um, and you know, from my own experiences to, to get to where I was and still exist, I thought I could maybe take something of that experience and, and just talk about it honestly, you know. Um, and this talking about mental health and skateboarding is is quite hard because it is a very weird, judgmental kind of place, unfortunately. Still, I mean, and, skateboarders are a bunch of nihilists for the most part. Yeah, well, you, you'd think so, but they're, they're also quite judgmental on things, and you you feel like you can't talk about this stuff. All this. This, this, I know you get a lot of toxic masculinity in sport and the, the markfulness, and we don't really get so much of that in skateboarding, but there is still 
an aspect of you don't kind of, we haven't talked about this stuff as much. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's the biggest problem. That's why, you know, more men are way more likely to, to, um, to take their own lives because they just don't talk about this stuff. They get way deeper and way down deeper in the hole before they reach out to anybody if they ever do, you know, mm-hmm. um, and talking about things just, just really helps just, just really, you know, bouncing an idea, bouncing a feeling of someone just helps an awful lot. You know, it helps you give you, it gives you perspective. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a massive part of it. Just feeling like you're not on your own. is a real, is a real help, you know, mm-hmm. to know that other people go to have the same experiences, the same doubts, the same anxieties. And it's just, it is a big part of being a human being that you have these anxieties. And, it does feel like a bit of a cold crew world out there though at times. Yeah. Well, the world is, you know, it's, it's nasty, brutus and short, isn't it? So that's life. It's, it is like that. That's what it is. And you, you, you are here and you have, you know, in my opinion, you're here once and you have an experience to have and maybe fill it with as much good stuff as you possibly can. You know, it's just one ride on the roller coaster, like just throw your arms in the air and scream and enjoy it, you know? So just have it. Yeah. So that's the way I perceive it. And it's, it's, I just want everybody to have that chance, you know? And I don't know, maybe I'm waffling a little. <laughs> well, no, I think it's a good thing what you're doing. I applaud you for your efforts. Really, it's truly. I'm, I'm not trained in anything to do with mental health. I have my own experiences to talk to. And, and mostly what I've been doing is talking one-to-one in, in direct messages to Instagram with people who have been in a similar situation who said, hey, look, I'm really glad you're talking about this stuff. This affects me too. Um, and just to see you skating and talking about this stuff helps. you know. And, and it helps me too, I'll be absolutely honest, being able to talk about it with feeling like I have nothing to lose here, you know, like I don't have a, like I said, skateboarding is quite judgmental. I'm sure there are plenty of people with, who have mental health problems who, who have felt like they haven't been able to speak about it because they fear they'll get dropped by their sponsors or they won't be marketable if they have depression. And I'm sure there's a big, there's a lot of people in skating who are like that and they've had to hide it for that reason. Um, I've got nothing to lose so I can talk about it, you know, and yeah. that's, a, that's a very unique situation to be in, but hopefully by, by talking about it, I'll encourage other people. And I'm not the only person doing this by a long way. There are, there are plenty of people doing this. Uh, you know, the, the Ben Ramos Foundation, uh, you know, they, they've talked to, you know, to Aaron and they've talked to Nick Jensen, so the, the Smile interviews, and they've been very frank about their, you know, the, the problems they've had and, uh, and the, their feelings. And I found that inspiring myself, you know, but the, the general conversation talking about this stuff is, it's really, um, I think that's going to help, you know. Skateboarding is an amazing thing. You, it, we've already got this amazing creative outlet. We just, we just got to kind of be able to talk amongst ourselves, and, you know, and and, and really, um, really um, exploit how good that is. That creative side of skateboarding, you know, and to to into talking as well, you know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should have thought this bit out a bit more. <laughs> No, it's yeah. I I don't like have uh, much more to say about it other than, other than I uh, admire you for doing so. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm uh, it's very amateur hour. Like I'm not like I said, I'm not trained to deal with this. I haven't done crisis training or any of that stuff. Um, the the I think the again, it's passion over skill maybe, and it's it's 
for some people it's helping and that's that's really nice to be able to help but i i would like to do more with this stuff i think it's really important you know and to use like i said to use skateboarding as a as a vehicle to kind of to get people talking skateboarding's changing an, an awful lot and it's becoming obviously we've, we've visually seen it become much more inclusive and much more open and actually become you know when i started skateboarding i started skateboarding because i thought it was this great open-minded unique group of people and it, and as i've been skateboarding all the years i've been skateboarding i found it's not as open as it as it pretends it's going to be as it you know it's not this great group of you know very open-minded people it still has a lot of narrow-minded stuff but i think recently in the you know people are pushing to make skateboarding much more inclusive um and um been much more open much more about what it actually is you know what is what is pretended to be so mm-hmm. it's really good i think you know as a, as a social group skateboarders are kind of they're um they're you know more more diverse and more open-minded generally you know so um i'm sure there, there are plenty of other groups and plenty of other subcultures that are that are similar but skateboarding t- does seem like a really good place to kind of to make a social change you know um, yeah skaters yeah. are the Skaters are the best, dude. If you're a skater, you're my friend. Is how I see it. The way it should be, you know. We're all brothers, okay? We're all brothers and you know, sisters and family in this skateboard world. Yeah, that's really important. You know, we so it was like that when I was young, and it and it should be like that now, okay? Skateboarding's got a lot more mainstream, and it has brought in a lot more mainstream kind of mentalities, unfortunately. But but on the whole, it's still really open-minded you know so i think yeah skateboarding is sick you know so yeah is that a good point i think that's really good um it's it's, yeah there's there's something for everybody as well it's really open obviously you know the the lockdown here has meant we've had a lot more um you know a lot more girls skating for example and um, right and 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 there's been a you know the, the generally guys have been much more um uh They've been better allies generally, and and much mm-hmm. more, much more inclusive at the skate park, and kind of just giving people a chance and giving people a chance to share the space. And I think that's that's going to help. You know, that's really going to help. We need yeah. more more of that. Just making making skateboarding more inclusive. You know, because um, it's just we just yeah. Everybody should have a skateboard. I think it would fix the world if everybody had. Yeah, a if every, everyone tried. Everyone skate. You don't have to do it forever. Just give it a try. You'll probably want to. It'll just give you a different perspective on the world, which I think would be good, which would benefit everybody. It would it would help them untap out of the goddamn matrix. Mm-hmm. We could also give everyone some some uh, some boomers. That's what I was I was actually going to mention. I feel like I've been depressed my whole life, and I mm-hmm. didn't even realize it till the first time I took psychedelics, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I had a whole nother new perspective. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, just tell uh, you know. Also, yeah, the the talk about it, but you know, if it's for you, also maybe try psychedelics. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever works is my point. Yeah. yeah. Don't get caught on one particular crutch. Huh? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it, it, yeah. I know you can't rely on these band aids, these crutches. Okay. Yeah. There's you got to get to the root of the issue. But I'm saying it might be an avenue. Okay. Yeah. A bunch of different avenues to take to actually get to the root of the issue. Yeah. Um, you know, you must have a million questions for us. A million questions for you guys. Is well, what I'm guessing. 
Um, let me think. Um, oh, man. Where's Abe? What's Abe doing today? Abe's in Pittsburgh, and he is fucking so scared of COVID. He can't even come visit us. We were trying to make this edit where we skated 94 Camaro, and he was too mm-hmm. shook. He was too shook by the COVID. Really? So how long, when was the last time you saw him? Uh, probably a year at least. A year maybe, at least. Uh, I think maybe he came wow. in like six months ago or something. No, actually, no. Before COVID. You know, oh, Chris, okay. you're going to have to forgive me. I'll be right back. I don't know if you want to take a break for our sponsors or something or just keep talking, Chris, but I will be right back. I swear to God. All right, Chris, <laughs> I got to let you know this happens every single episode. You know, right, like, right, pretty close to towards the end where Big Zo yeah. has to pee. He's got a small bladder. See, I thought, I thought that was going to be me, but that's just down to old age. So I didn't realize he's going to, he had the bladder the size of a walnut. He's, I, I think his bladder might be small. It might be the age thing. I mean, he's only a year older than me, so I hope not because I don't want to have to piss every hour. But uh, yeah, it's pretty much every time we do this, Big Zo's got to piss at some point. But, um, you know, this is a great time for me to tell you, uh, you know, it's the holiday season coming up. Yeah. And I don't, this must have been 2005. I think it was 2005. Let's say Christmas 2005. Okay. My, and, my girlfriend's, or my girlfriend at the time, her mother bought me a Chris Pullman heroin board for Christmas. No way. Yeah. And I was so fucking psyched because I was like, how did you even? Obviously, she went to the skate shop I worked at and like yeah. my coworker was like, oh, this is the board Tom wants. But I was just like, whoa, how did you know I wanted this Chris Pullman board? I was oh, blown man. away. Wow. What graphic did I have on it? Uh, it was the, I mean, it was the live from Antarctica series. So oh. it was, yeah. Oh yeah, that's the one. Oh yeah. I do have one on the wall because I'm really proud of this thing. So, dude, it's fantastic. I mean, that's your that's your Instagram photo currently as well. That's it. Yeah. Oh man, fantastic. Still with the striped shirts. This is, I think that's where the striped shirt kind of came from. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, I'm really proud of that. Um, J- James James Jarvis do that for the for the video cover and everything. That's that's you know still super super hyped on that. So yeah, I love that whole that whole series. I mean that that video was just yeah. I mean as I said, we all loved like you know the English skate scene anyhow. But when that video came out, we we're like, oh, this is like fucking sick. This is like punk, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I got that board for Christmas from my girlfriend's mother, and it was fucking like mind blown. I was like, "How the fuck?" It was like some Santa shit, you know? You ride it, yeah? Oh no! Oh no, no, I skated. Yeah, I skated it. <laughs> Amazing! And again, I had so many of those things. That was the magic eight. It was like eight inches. It was a long eight inch board. It was magic. I loved that thing. Oh, that dude, was- yeah, no, it was a great shape, and that was the thing because that was like around the time where like we were all skating bigger boards you know like that being like i was skating an eight inch board but you get like an eight inch tum yeddo board and it's like eight inches by like 31 and a quarter or some shit you know it was pretty chody but yeah. that one that one had a good shape to it these are chapman shapes they were really good you, you guys remember chapman skateboards right uh yeah uh, that's Dewey. who distributes fancy lad skateboards okay are they still do they still run with the strap line uh, bent wood from brent wood <laughs> they I mean, they had I every heroin mold I'm sure you're thinking of is from their wood shop in Maine, and okay. they had to shut that down um, about a year or two back. Okay. Yeah, so they actually get 
they they actually just do all the printing and distributing in house now but the wood comes from a wood shop clutch uh wood shop so okay yeah those things were good we had you know yeah the, the shapes are sick on those things there was, a, mm-hmm. there was a little back then in the early 2000s a little, little bit more variation in the wood but um you know i loved those things it was solid and they really worked over here in this in our temperature was it always seemed like tomato boards are a little bit more porous and they they get kind of soggy in the oh wet. yeah oh yeah um, they definitely did Tommy Otto got wet. Not not as bad as uh, girl and chocolate boards, so. Okay. Those were and just like noodles. Like Chapman boards, kind of. I don't know. They they were just they were just crisp. They were like slightly heavier, but they were just more more solid. They just worked for here, so I guess that's maybe why they worked on the East Coast over there. The, the, the climate were you know worked with the climate or whatever. So love those things. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a shame they had to close down their wood shop, but hey, at least they're still in business mm-hmm. yeah. yeah to this yeah. day i never spoke to those guys Foz did all that Foz spoke to all those guys there so yeah glenn um, and greg they uh yeah they always say that Foss is the good homie my only experience of, of those guys is, is billy rohan who lived in london for a little while and i used to hang out with billy a lot so um yeah I had a lot of a lot of fun with billy so um i don't know where he's living right now so but yeah there was billy had that yeah, he wrote for those guys for a little while. Then, so. Are you officially on the heroin team again? No. Boss has given me boards. I was just curious. I was just yeah. curious in the next video if we were to expect a Chris Pullman part. Well, you there know? still could be. That could be the announcement. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to film for Boss as much as I can. I, you know, yeah. I just want to do something back, but he's, he's giving me boards. I'm, I want to, you know, I want to do the work for that, you know, so. Right. So you want to put in countless hours, like, uh, you know, spending eight hours filming a, you know, one trick just so you could get maybe a board? No. <laughs> um, no, I want to. I'd, I'd love to film. I'm going to film as much as I can. Like, obviously, Instagram is one thing, and and filming things like trick on a stick is one thing, and you know, even you know, a, a little park edits for my you know the, for my local shop that's one thing but actually getting out in the wild and filming you know real skateboarding in real spots and trying to put together a section or even just you know tricks to go into a friend section is that's something i'd like to do you know but i don't want to just rely on the same old crap you know i my, if i can i'm 46 years old it's going to be really hard to to skate progressively, even beyond my own ability, in my own old abilities, but that's not going to stop me trying. You know, I still yeah. want to try and push myself. I wouldn't sleep well at night if I was just hanging on to like past glory too much. You know, like you're um, not just gonna coast by on the fact that you're a Steez Master Five Thousand now. <laughs> you know, I feel a lot better on my board than I ever have. That's the weirdest thing. Like, I enjoy riding along on a skateboard. Yeah, more than I did when I was a kid, and I don't I don't know where that's come from. Like it doesn't, it is harder. I'm stiffer, you know. I'm t- I'm tireder, but I actually enjoy rolling along and and the half falling off, half staying on, arms flailing all over the place. Like that feels more natural now than it ever has, you know. So I'm really enjoying that part of it. Like it's it's 
arms flailing. Are you kidding me? They're, you're like you like you're like Mark Johnson over there, just like completely like no, landing in like a calculated steez. Dude, that is seriously damage limitation. All those like that after shape thing I get loads of crap for. There's that that can't I can't ride away any other shape than that. That's that's um I'd say style to imperfection, but I don't like to use the word style. It's just, it's, that's what an imperfection looks like, you know? So if I, could, if I was really talented, I'd be able to skate perfect and ride away with my arms by my side like Shane O'Neill. But I can't skate perfect, so I have to ride away with my, with my arms like all over the place like I'm a little teapot, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if they're all over the place. Okay, Matt Mumford's are all over the place, oh, but, yeah. you know, this guy's like my boy Brent over here, dude. It's like Brent Ashley over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, no. It's, honestly, I, I very, I've always been really realistic about the level of skill I have in skateboarding, and, and that's it is more, way more passion than skill. I, I wish, trust me, I wish I could do. I wish I was epic, epic at skateboarding. Now, I'd love to be able to do any trick on command, but I can do the tricks I can do, and I and I relish those tricks. And I think that's maybe that maybe it's relish. It's enjoying a trick. When you follow through with your arms when you do a trick, it's because you're relishing it, you're enjoying it. You know? And yeah. I think I think that's where that comes from. And I get a lot of shit for it too, you know. I'm I'm sure. And you know, I I don't look at a message board or anything. I I'm, haven't I haven't seen any. I mean, for the most part, Instagram's pretty like uh there's not a lot of haters on it because the people who are following you already like you. They're already a fan of you, no. you know. It is really, it is, it has been good, but it could have, I hope, you know, it could be horrible, you know, like, and, and it, like, the, you know, for the one in a thousand or one in a hundred people who says something mean, that, that's the bit that always sticks, you know, so. Yeah, those are the comments you remember. Yeah. It is, but they're, they're giving you attention because they're jealous of, you know, your position in life, you know, so. But it's weird to, you know, if I was going to hate on someone, I'd hate on someone who's getting paid. I don't hate on someone who's doing it for free. <laughs> but they but they hate on it. I, they probably hate on it because of the level of followers, despite yeah. whether you're getting paid or not. They don't see how everything works. They yeah, see the numbers and they're like, you know. Followers, they're not currency. They're just, they're just interested people or, you know, people who like to see an old man falling down. I don't know. Um, they're not that. Followers are just, you know, that's just community. It's not something they hate on, like. If I was getting paid and I didn't deserve it, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd expect people to give me loads of crap. But yeah. you know, I'm skateboarding and enjoying it. Like, why would you? Why would you diss someone's passion? That doesn't make any sense, you know. Even if they don't look the way you expect them to look, or just leave them alone, leave them to it, leave them enjoy. Yeah, you don't it. have to look. Yeah, just don't look. Yeah, <laughs> I can bear. I can't bear to look myself. So. <laughs> just like that Simpsons song, mm-hmm. monorail. No, I was thinking the "Just Don't Look" song. Oh, okay, yeah. Monorail, though. You weren't you weren't thinking uh, he's checking in. <laughs> I'm usually thinking about that one and the Doctor Zayas song. Oh my but, god, you know, Doctor Zayas is so good. We could good. do a whole episode on Simpsons songs. Okay? Do you watch a lot of Simpsons over there, Chris? Um, I did. I haven't for years. Monorail is my favorite episode. That mm. the Len Langley character and that, yeah. like, and just everything. That whole episode is like my favorite. And Conan O'Brien. Conan yeah. O'Brien wrote it. That's the classic right mm-hmm. there. Season four, season four is full of stone cold classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm more Rick and Morty. So, 
Ah, that's a great show. That, yeah. that that that's one of those shows that, and I know Big Zill will relate. Yep. That people for so long were like, "You got to watch this show, dude. It's so fucking good." And you were just like, "Dude, shut the fuck up." No, it's show not. looks so it fucking looks so stupid. And the people that like it look so dumb. And then you watch it, and you're like, "I was dumb. I'm yeah. the dumb one. This is so good. I was dumb yeah. for being so close minded. What was I thinking? Hmm. The dummy. <laughs> if you're halfway was- to." You've got to be a Rick and Morty fan, I guess. So. <laughs> God, it's so good. I mean, Dan Harmon. Yeah, legs at Dan Harmon. Love, yep. love community. Mm-hmm. Big community fan mm-hmm. over here. Same. Yep. <laughs> but anyhow. And that's what I tell all my riders. I say, show me what you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they get it, they're in. Yep. If they don't, mm-hmm. yeah, give them some time. They might be still in. Like, yeah, they might still be in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. What else can we talk about? Ask me some more questions. Have you got any? Well, did you mention what you're currently doing for work right now? I forget. I mean, uh, I don't know if that's interesting to you or if you're at liberty. No, to it's say. probably not the most interesting thing. I haven't worked for a little while. I I don't I don't work. I've been signed off work um, because I'm not able to. So I'm on kind of we have over here like social security, I guess. So mm. not that exciting to be honest with you. I'm you know I'm kind of working towards getting back into doing something. Um, maybe we as a as a working with a charity for like a mental health charity or something, or maybe it'd be something in skateboarding that wasn't really sales related, or something different in skateboarding never done before. Like I've I've never been a team manager. Right. And I'd love that mm-hmm. because that's getting in a van with a bunch of skaters and be like, right, let's go to a rad spot. Let's let's find something for you to get a photo, and let's find something for you to get a photo, and let's right. Like that, I've always, when I did have my first vehicle, I, I was dad. I, I had the car. I drove everybody around, you know? Yeah. I've never been a team manager. I was kind of like the idea of that, you know? Um, you know, I'm kind of like the team manager of Fancy Lad. Yeah. And I'm kind of <laughs> like Big Zo's manager. <laughs> yeah. And how does that work out? Both of you. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it's been working out. Yeah, Tom. Tom pretty okay. much just tells me to manage the team, and then uh-huh. I say, "All right, I'll team go do that. Manage yourselves." Yep. And then yeah, then I say, "Manage <laughs> yourselves. Come back to me." Yep. Um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I own the van, so it's like I am automatically the team manager, mm-hmm. and I own a camera too, so that's automatically I'm the I'm the team manager. But everybody gets the job done, you know. I mean, everybody is creative and motivated, and 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 wants to wants to like show them, you know, showcase themselves and, and be part of this rad thing. So, you you know, are they, are they independently motivated or do you have to whip these guys to get them to do that stuff? No, I mean, I'm, it's, you know, a much uh, more fortunate case where everyone knows that it's, you know, a labor of love and a passion project to right. even have got us to this point where we're at mm-hmm. because it seemed like a one in a million shot when we started the company. Hmm. So now, I mean, everyone knows, everyone who is a part of it is a part of it because they genuinely just want to see the company be successful. And if it is successful, then everybody benefits from it. So it's, um, yeah. everyone's just really in it for the love of the game, which is, you know, makes it the most fun. There's a massive amount of effort goes into the, the videos, you know, the amount of clips, the amount of creativity, the amount of sewing up skateboards that must go on and, and collecting props. It's just insane. Like, it's so- Yeah, it hardly seems worth it, doesn't it? 
<laughs> no, it seems totally worth it. Especially now that you can't even make any money off of a video. It hardly seems worth it. <laughs> it's so rad, though. Like, it, it, I don't know. It's just... But it's I'm, all it's all we know how to do, so we can't do anything else. I think it's, it's the sick. one thing that we've been doing right. We you can't take that away. Yeah. You know? I love it. I love the amount of effort. I sometimes like I was I, I watched the Abe section uh, maybe yesterday, I think, and just there's so much effort goes into it. Like this crazy. Like it, you can you can throw loads of money at something and put loads of gnarly pro skaters in a van. And that seems like way less effort to do that with money and tours and than 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 just being infinitely creative with whatever's right in front of you, you know? It's, right. Well having uh I guess it's right in front of you, but there's a good amount of pre production that goes into it. Actually, you know, this is a good time to plug uh the new Matt Tomasello video that came out on Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, is it out? It's out. Oh, I just geez. watched it today. It came oh. out one day ago. Are we in it? We are in it. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> they the, uh me, Tom, Floppy Tim, and Caleb were all interviewed for this Matt Tomasello <laughs> ten minute documentary that Ripley's are you familiar with Ripley's Believe yeah, It or Not? Yeah, my, my kid has it for Christmas every year, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. they just came out with a video of Matt Tomasello. It's kind of like a little ten-minute documentary. Yeah, about he's him. in the book this year. Wow! That's yeah, he, he made it, but they didn't send Dean Kane, which is a bummer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess he's not the current host, so that's probably why they didn't even send the current host, who is someone famous. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm thinking Steve I Buscemi, I but I don't think that's right. What but is, they but they show the fair amount of pre-production that goes into everything, you know, of him working on it all in his room and everything. Honestly, if it wasn't for all the cheesy um, uh, typography and cheesy effects that they use on the video, I would say that they did a really good job. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, th- this, despite the, the pre-production of, like, building the boards, I mean... Uh, I think Chris was saying more that like we're just using like we're utilize like utilizing whatever we have like, yeah. which is true like reusing and recycling all the old boards and shit like if if a company came at us and gave us like fucking I don't know how much companies give people because I don't know what money is like but let's say yeah. they gave us fifty thousand dollars and we're like do something and we could actually afford shit. Yeah, I don't think it would affect the. I don't think the skating. I don't even know how we any, how we would think of anything. I don't think the skating would get any like better or more impressive. The actual tricks and boards being made. Yeah, we need to find a company to purchase a landfill for us, I so we just like, have like a pile of trash to work with. I feel like it, if anything, that would go towards like production and like being able to skate certain things that you wouldn't be able to skate or maybe something along those lines. Or know? we could get Spike Jones. Yeah, I could get Spike Jones. I don't know what he does, but that's yeah. a good question. Yeah. You could have more, just more explosions. Mm-hmm. I could tell Spike Jones, you know, uh, we're looking to make the next uh, Rubbish Heap video. Right. So that's what we want you to do. All right. <laughs> And hopefully he knows exactly what we mean by that. But I go root around in a junk store, find you a camera, and then just go. <laughs> yeah. It could work. 
I guess, yeah, the big budget stuff. I mean, I guess the girl chocolate videos are the only ones that really try to take advantage of that. But it's like, is that really contributing all that much? No, I don't think it does. I think, exactly. you know, yeah, you could throw loads of money at what you guys do. Obviously, I want people to throw loads of money at you guys, but I don't think it would actually make it significantly better. You know, you just have a nicer van and, and exactly. massage. massage. Exactly. And, but, but I think that I don't think it would improve the, the creativity is, is probably better for you guys not having a lot of money. But I didn't. Yeah, say but it. we but we should have a lot of money. God damn it, Chris! Chris. I didn't say that. Obviously, you can cut that out. You guys need. Can we? Money. All right. <laughs> Listen. All we want, all we want, money wise, is enough just to be able to afford to live. We don't want to buy new places or anything. Yeah. We just don't, not don't want to have to worry about working, so we can yeah. just focus on the the, the skating. That's good. Well, one of you needs to make sure you monetize this properly to make sure you can do that. Just definitely. Yeah, we I, should have talked about that like I, 55 episodes ago. I keep saying that, and, you know, it's it's a tough thing. Actually, you know, I've been meaning to monetize all the episodes for the at least the podcast on YouTube because it will add up eventually, and then I'll at least have $100. Just yeah, $100. Damn. Can I, have, um, can I have some of those dollars? Well, we'll see. Damn we'll it. see how the monetization goes. <laughs> what? Okay. Um, <laughs> Buy you a new table saw anyway. At least you can make a job. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got a brand new tool set just like two weeks ago. Actually, it fucking rips. <laughs> but two hundred bucks. Speaking of the uh, a nicer van, you know, we were thinking about raffling off the uh, fancy lad uh, Dodge ninety nine Ram van. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. So here's the idea: we're gonna start a GoFundMe, and okay. anybody that donates fifty dollars or more is yeah. automatically entered into the raffle to Good. win the van, the old van. Not the new van. We want the new van. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want the van, but you want to, you know, the chance to win the van, yeah. and you win it, you can either come pick it up. Or you can take the scrap value. Either way, the Kelly Blue Book value on the van is $2,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so how many tickets can we put you down for? Um, I don't know. I'll check the bank. <laughs> okay, perfect. That sounds good. We'll wait. <laughs> I'll check and get back to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> and you don't have to donate $50. Like, that's just if you want to be entered in the raffle. You could donate, like, 5 10 49 15, 20 mm-hmm. 49 49 49 And if you donate $100, guess what? That's two entries. That's two, two entries. Tickets. That's that's two two tickets entries. That I write your name down twice on a ticket. Mm-hmm. Oh, Three for hundred bucks. I want you know. I'm I'm a businessman. I want you know. I want three. Okay, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. We might hit you up after the podcast just to get some (laughs) more ideas, so we can make this actually work. (laughs) And I was thinking maybe there'd be a lower bracket too. Like if you donate twenty dollars, you're automatically entered to win a fancy lad skateboard. You know. Okay. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Like this falls into you know as you're saying, more money isn't gonna you know make us better necessarily. However, it's not that we can't make it fucking 20 miles right now without the van acting up. You know, we can't go anywhere in the van. That's not too far. We want to go on tour. We want to go on tour. We want to be able to go do things. And we want to be able to keep creating content that the people need and love. Okay. But you want to have, you want possession of this van. You don't want to just get some sweet deal with a hire company, right? You want your own, you want your own piece. Well, we don't want, we don't want to like, uh, I mean, a Red Bull van to drive around. Although, 
No. Are they giving us all hats? You want possession of this van so you can build something on the roof and kind of have a fold-out back section and the sides flip down and the, the, the doors fall off like a clown car. And mm-hmm. Either that or at least spray paint some flames on the side. Oh, you know? my goodness. Oh. You need the flames. You know, yeah. either you way. Yeah, you, don't, you don't just like magnetic stickers. You actually want those things to be sprayed on permanently, right? Yeah. Like- oh, it's got to be permanent. <laughs> and actually, I should probably do that in the last days of the van mm-hmm. right now, just, just for the rad factor. Some yeah. some flames? Yeah, some flames. Toss some flames on there. Yeah, you should do that now. Like, what time is it? Is it dark there? You should go do that right now after this. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's dark now. Well, the flames will light up the spot. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. So, yeah, um, let's see. What else do you want to know? Anything else you want to know? The Pullman over here. I already asked you about Independence Day. Mm-hmm. I already asked you about Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see. All right, so you skated. You skated to Morrissey in Life from Antarctica. Yes. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Oh, I'm not going to ask about Morrissey. Don't worry. I'm not going to get political here. Oh, okay. I, I just want to ask. What, I was going to see what kind of music you're you're, you're listening to me. these days. Oh, yeah. dude, I listen to everything and anything. Like, oh man. Um, well, you mentioned uh, Tom Waits mm-hmm. in an yeah. interview. Um, I like Tom Waits. I got Tom Waits from Foz. Um, I love Tom Waits um, for lots of reasons, just just the storytelling. But then I like, oh, man, I like so much stuff. Like I worked when I, when I worked at Slam the first time, we were part of Rough Trade Records. So there was just endless new music coming up from the basement, like constantly from – you know when the white stripes came out or from really weird kind of ambient stuff or you know contemporary classical stuff like philip glass or um man everything it was just so much music so i don't know i, I literally did what like today i've listened to like complete like how bud today how bud died just a couple of days back so um uh you know kind of he wouldn't want to be called ambient so yeah, I've been listening to Harold Bud, and then, but then I was listening to Public Image Limited, or listening to like Bert Kampfert, which is like German lounge music. Or just yeah, Harold like, Bud did a uh, album with Brian Eno, right? Yeah, called the Pearl. the Pearl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I listened to that last night, um, and yeah, a couple of. He's been doing stuff with. Um, is it Robin Guthrie? Yeah, he's been doing stuff with him like recently. An album came out just a couple of days back, like on the fourth. Yeah, just a couple of days back. Um, but then, yeah, I listened to like a little bit of everything. So, um, oh, a little bit of everything. So you've been really into, you know, the Russian composers like Shostakovich and uh, Modus Mussorgsky, like stuff like that. Uh, yeah, maybe, but um, first thing, classical, classical, like more modern classical. So yeah, like I like like Steve Reich and that, like all that, all just kind of weird minimalist guys. I like that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, you know, your Koinaskatsi and your Agnaton and Einstein on the beach and all that stuff. You know, so, don't you think that that PJ Ladd part in Really Sorry? Mm-hmm. Don't you think that that was a missed opportunity to give John Cage music credits on a skate video? Yeah, that could be nice. Yeah, they should have done that. <laughs> Especially if they made the part to the exact time time of the, uh, you know, the piece I'm talking about. I think so. What? Who is it? 
John Cage, he uh, composed the song that was complete silence for a certain amount of time. I think it was three and a half minutes where he would go on stage and open up the piano and then just have people listening to the ambient background for three and a half minutes and then close it. The sound. I think the, yeah, maybe. That was some next level shit. Maybe the only thing I really didn't listen to and I got panned at the time was that old rhythm video. It's called Genesis. And it was all like, I think Ty made that and it got panned for the music. Just, it was super hectic, maybe house music or something. Like, you know, what's funny is I've never, that's one, you know, I feel like I'm coming across like a poser on this podcast, but that's also one video that I haven't seen Genesis. And I know it's a classic, same with Speed Freaks. But I swear I've seen every other video in the world. Go ahead, mention one more video. Whatever oh, video pops into your head. Oh man, I could. No, I'm not going to do that. Like some of my favorite videos are the foundation with those old foundation videos, like Super Collider and all those things. Oh yeah, love, Tentacles oh, yeah, of Destruction. It. Yeah, I love Foundation. That was like a huge. I was lucky enough I got flowed Foundation stuff over here for a couple of years. Because you like that Todd Swank part, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was a huge Josh Beagle fan. I love Josh Beagle. Yeah, like, he had a good part in the Magic F. Yeah. OG Josh Beagle was like, like a hero. I like the first time I went out to the states when I was getting flowed that stuff, and uh, I went to was Commercial Street. They'd moved to Mira too by then, and I got to hang out with Josh Beagle for a couple of hours, and that was like a dream because that guy was sick, you know. And then even a couple of years later, I'd go and drink beers with him at the Limewire or whatever Lifewire, whatever place it's called, and yeah. Just me and that guy was sick. He was, you know, and he wasn't—he wasn't particularly cool. He was kind of, kind of not, you know. It's just different, interesting kind of skater, you know. So yeah, I, I came I, across in uh, Barbarians at the Gate. You could tell. Yeah, Barbarians at the Gate, and yeah, that foundation was sick back then. That kind of time, like it was just Dickies and Strike Polos and Kurchart and yeah, Frank Arata even and all those guys. Kurchart. Yeah. You ever hear Frank Arata claims that Bart Simpson was based off of him? Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Didn't he live next? He did next door to Matt Groening or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But I've heard that story. I don't know if there's any truth in that. But. And then I heard he's the one who designed all the shitty prefab parks that popped up all around New England. Really? Bart Simpson? Uh, yeah, Bart Simpson. God damn it, Bart. Yeah. I mean, those parks would have been pretty sick in Cartoon World, probably. It could just be a rumor. Frank Carrada also had a part in Pal Propaganda, just to bring it back. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Bucky Lassick, he had a part in that, too. Um, you ever go to Bucky's Burritos? No. Uh, no. Be good. Who's getting you psyched on skating nowadays on the IG? Who gets me psyched on the IG or just generally in skating? Because... Generally like skating if you're following it, but I figure that you're mostly on the IG. Call me crazy. Well, no, I I do I do check all the mags like online like pretty regularly. I kind of scan through them all and just check. So like so you seen the new Converse video, the new Deathwish video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Deathwish. Uh, let me think. What did, what was I hyped on recently? I like that Vans video. Obviously, it was put together like Greg put it together in a super cinematic way. I'm a fan of Gilbert's. I, I, I you know I I knew Gilbert when he wrote for. Fallen and mystery way back, so mm-hmm. I saw him way back then, and so I'm I'm kind of a fan of how Gilbert's put himself together and how he skates and his ethos. Um, man, who else was sick recently? There were loads of good stuff. Um, damn, 
even if it's a sort of fu stoop type character you yeah, know like i like i like bobby de kaiser when bobby de kaiser first came out i was like oh this guy is like interesting and he's pushing skateboarding he's, he's doing stuff that are, that i wish i could do he's got a different angle on stuff so like bobby's stuff was you know bobby, bobby de kaiser stuff was sick when he came out like i'm yeah. but i'm a fan of like lots of lots lots of you know odd people like like ryan sublette like he's someone i'd love to see more footage of that guy you know mm-hmm. so don't see a lot of footage of that guy and he's whenever he puts something out i'm hyped on that or who else? Like obviously, Tom Knox had that rad section recently for for uh, Atlantic Drift kind of part. That was that was rad. Just I remember that. Worked super hard for that, and um, just you know, just genuinely hard work skateboarding him and him and um, um, they, they put that video together. Like, let me think what else there is. What, I was a fan of the Jamie Foy part in the Death Wish video. Call me crazy. Well, that was pretty sick. The 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 crook the front feeble the front crook the front yeah yeah that was insane that was, that was just yeah that was next level I don't get that and I was I I like audibly was like whoa when I, uh, and then some when I when I saw that so um yeah um like Furby's part like that was just I was just what like all the way through that you know so I can't think who else was in it that was that was super sick. What other videos have I watched? I've watched, I've watched like a ton of videos recently as well. So, uh, well, you well you reached out to me after Secrets of the Clown Box. Yeah. So you've seen that one? Yes, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> but still that, but that, like uh, Matt's part, like that was sick. Um, there was there were a ton of bits in that which were good. I always liked seeing Abe skate. Like, like your stuff was rad. Like, um, thank you. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> that whole thing has been engineered just to say that, right? <laughs> um, yeah, like, um, oh man, you put me on the spot. This is crazy because I could literally have written a list of like all the things that get me hyped, but I'm now not getting it out. Um, just say it's Jazz Wade. That's who gets you hyped. Jazz Wade. Jazz is sick. I like Jazz. He's a good dude. So, yeah, he's someone I want to hang out with more, really. But, um, yeah, who else is good? Dead Day, like just this, like a completely different kind of skateboarding to me. Like when Foz first showed me footage of Dead Day, I was like, I was like, this is completely unique and perfectly like perfect for heroin skateboards. You know, I mean, he kind of reminded me of Craig Questions a lot of the time, though. I mean, not like exactly, but in the same realm, you know. Yeah, he's like you- not as books, not the same characters. Is a big part of Craig. Is his is his character. It's his. Um, you, do you skate with Craig a lot? No, but I I've, I've known him. I've not really hung out with him an awful lot in the even in the past. So um, yeah, Craig's because, sick though. Like Craig is someone I should kind of skate with, you know. So I met, um, but I don't. Yeah, I actually Craig was in the fancy lad video. I don't know if you saw him there. Yeah, a little cameo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember meeting Craig and I didn't even recognize him, but I remember seeing him in the videos and I thought to myself, oh God, this guy seems like he'd be a real handful to hang out with, like kind of like a bit much, but then I met him and I love the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He does. The first time I met Craig, he was intense and, but I like that. I like people who are like that, who have a character, genuine character and he's, he's authentic. That's what, that's who he is. 
you know, and he's, and he's different and that's good. <laughs> I like that. So, yeah. Um, who else is skating? Oh man, there's so many guys who are killing it. Like Kyle, Kyle Wilson who skates like London. He kills it. Um, man, so many people. Um, I'm trying to think of like American parts that have come out recently. Like they're, they're really, I literally watch everything. If it, if it comes out, I'll, I'll watch it once, you know, and then maybe I'll go back and watch it again. You know? So I, I kind of promised myself when at some point maybe that I wouldn't be one of those guys who talk about back in the day all the time, you know, because back in the day was sick. But I mean, that's, back- that's, that's more like what I like talking about anyway, the glory days, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like it, but, but it's the, the pre the pre-internet days where yeah. it was just more special. Yeah, well, it was. That's it wasn't so blown out, and it was special. And we need to keep that alive, you know, and keep the memory of that alive. It sounds like a certain victory, but we we need to keep the memory of that alive, but also stay relevant. I think because the beauty the beauty of skateboarding is it's still progressing, it's still evolving. And if I see someone do something today that I've never seen, I'm as hyped as the first time I saw, I don't know, first time I saw someone do a nolly flip or first time I saw Chris Pistol do a pressure flip. I'm, I'm as hyped seeing something new today as I was when I was a kid, you know? So I think that's important to kind of keep that, that you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm quite surprised. I thought I would probably be old and jaded and be like, yeah, man, I just want to, I just want to see someone do, you know, just want to see Jeff Phillips footage all day or something, but I actually, I like that, but I also want to see someone I've never heard of do something really interesting, you know? So, um, like yeah. when big, like when old big Zo here invented the backside big Zo tap. <laughs> Is that, <laughs> explain that. How's that? How does that look? Uh, it's when you go up to a pole or a wall or yeah. a ledge and you do a pressure flip and you, you just to. guide your tail but your yeah. tail matches up your tail matches up the like slap. that and it hits the wall and then it goes back to regular okay that's what that's called yep okay they call they call it the big zo okay. something mm-hmm. what kind of i guess it, i guess it's a tap the big zo yeah. tap can you do a switch no i do it regular can you do a switch have you tried mm, no i'm not really a switch god you know I don't really like trying tricks switch. Okay. Uh, unless it's a switch tray. Okay. I just wondered if you, just for the just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. I guess I could try it switch. I've tried it front side, which is a little more difficult, but it kind of works. Yeah. And Milk Snake was just asking me if I could try it fakey, but it doesn't really make sense because it's not gonna just. You could do it fakey as a kind of a half cab. But I don't think it'll work as good or feel as good because it's the whole thing is that it bounces back the way yeah, that yeah. it came because of the pressure flip. Okay. And I'm waiting for that to catch on in professional skateboarding. Okay. So I can get some credit for it. <laughs> Matt Tomasello is really the only other uh, professional skateboarder to do that trick. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm really lost, but thinking of. That's just really bad. I should like have a bunch of names off the top of my head. Like I said, I don't know anything about skateboarding. I I watch loads of it. And I don't. I like to be inspired by it, and I, but I don't retain everything like I used to when I was a kid. You know, like I don't that's, know, maybe yeah, that's fine. I don't know. I don't. 
That's fine. You know, you're just, you know, I just want to say you seem to be killing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On um, the Instagram. Oh, yeah. We're glad to have you back. Thank you. I'm, I want to do more. I know I'm very, I'm very conscious of just being on Instagram because, you know, I don't, I don't really care what anybody else thinks, but I, it's only one very small facet of skateboarding. Obviously, it's not, it's not the, it's not the standard route of, of film apart or shoot an interview or get a photograph from a magazine. You know, it's, it's, Instagram is a very, very tiny part of it, but it is really in, in the grand scheme of things it is, but it, in actual fact, it's, you know, people absorb a lot of skateboarding to Instagram these days. As exactly. Well. It's not the most, you know, I would, I will hold my hand up and say Instagram is not the most legit vehicle for showing skateboarding, but mm-hmm. where the vast majority of it probably gets consumed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me feel for people who, who put in hours and hours and weeks and months and pain and injuries into a video part. Say like, like Frankie Villani's last section. And yeah. that's effort and hours and years maybe of footage of, of like amazing pushing the boundary skating. And I just, I hope that somebody, a group of people out there watch that every time they go skating. You know, the same way as I would watch Gons in video days. But which is that still, you know, and I, which I, I probably I, I, isn't the case. It's pretty disposable nowadays. Yeah, and that's a shameful. It's a, it's a one and done scenario because he's probably going to have a next uh, new part by the time that, uh, you know, somebody goes to rewatch that part. Yeah, they probably yeah. already scrolled past it. I know, and I, I hate the fact that so much, I, know, I can see as a skateboarder, I can see how much effort went into that part and how much, how much you know, genuine peril went into that part, part and, and, and effort and filming and everything. And it, to, for it to, I don't, you know, no, I, don't, I don't say it's going it, to, it hasn't disappeared. For me, it hasn't disappeared, but it, I just, I worry that all that effort just, disappears was almost like he could have put out one of those tricks on Instagram a week for a year. Yep. And it would have had as from a marketing point of view, it would have, it would have had more longevity as a one, one trick a week than right. it would have had as a, as a, as a two, three minute part that's gone, you know, and that's Instagram makes things disappear. Unfortunately. You know? Well, if you're good right. at marketing, that's what you do after the part comes out. You start releasing trick by trick on your Instagram yeah. every single day. Mm-hmm. I love it, but then you know, you you back it up with you know some you know some some park footage and you know you know just seeing you skate around and I don't know I just I just I think it's a real shame if people film a whole part and it just disappears. You know, I'm sure that Frankie Bellani is a Brad skater. I think he's sick. I'm sure there are a whole bunch of fans that they watch that religious watch his part religiously every time they go skating and then until his next part comes out. And I hope that's the case. You know. Well. Yeah, I guess it's I always compare it to music. It's always like kind of like the same as music where the true fans, I mean, for the Fairweather fans, they're always going to want just what's current. They're yeah. w- going to want what's popular. But yeah. for the true fans who really love the genre, they're going to be able to know and return to that. But um skateboarding is just not as respected as an art form as music or visual arts or anything like that. Um, but for those in the know, for the true skate nerds Mm -hmm. who are diehard and live this shit and have seen every video, they know, they know. I think we return to it. I think we retain it as well. And you watch, you know, I've watched someone's part like three or four times and I kind of have it. It's in my head then it's, it's downloaded in my brain. And when I go skating, I recall it. So 
I don't know, just, just something in that too, maybe. Well, Chris, I just want to thank you. You know, the um, even though until you popped up recently, really the 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 catalog of your work, the only thing I was familiar with was uh, Live from Antarctica. It was yep. still probably you know besides Fisk, one of my favorite parts in that video. So. Yeah, I feel like it was sort of an an inspiring precursor to what we're doing now. Yeah, that was that was good. You know, I like I like that. Like everything's gonna be alright. That you know those two video parts. That was more everything's gonna be alright. Was my part when I got to London and I was excited about street skating, trying to treat London the way someone like Mike Manzuri did and exploit it and find new spots and do things. That was. That was kind of me skating more at my best, I think. And Life My Antarctica came afterwards and was more polished, maybe. But those two parts there, you know, I had, I, I filmed, I'm stoked. I filmed two, like, full, as legit parts as I possibly can. I'm stoked to have those to look back on, you know. And, yeah, I'm going to, obviously, I'm going to keep referencing them because that's part of my, you know, my, I don't know, legacy, maybe, you know. Um I'm hyped on those, but I just, I want to try and do more new stuff if I can, you know? And, um, you always got to be looking forward. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to. It's harder, you know? It does get harder, you know? I, the one thing I'll say to people younger is just really enjoy, push yourself skiing when you're younger because it, it does get a bit, it does get a little more difficult when you're older, you know? I'm not complaining. Trust me, I'm not complaining. I'm not playing the old guy card or any of that stuff. Um, well, I'm, I'm just, planning on doing what you did too because, I mean, well, I mean, you seem to be like a lot more fit now than ever. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm 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 feeling tired. Like I'm I'm really tired, and like my joints are stiff. Like I have arthritis, you know. So Damn. that's crap. That's really shitty. Um, and I'm yeah, I can't go. If I go street skating like all day long, like four or five hours, I took my kid into London the other day, and we popped up drains and and skated everywhere. Uh, and I, I couldn't skate for like three or four days after that. Like I was destroyed after that. So, so going street skating and filming all day long is really hard work now. So I miss that kind of stamina. Um, yeah, it's harder, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to play an old man card. Or, you know, use it as an excuse. I'm, I can. I think I can get it if I skate a lot more. I can. I can just get some of that back. You know. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. I'm genuinely like. You know. I'm. I'm. I'm laughing my ass off when I'm skating. I'm smiling and whooping and being a pain in the ass at the skate park and just being generally loving it, you know, and, and it's genuine. So I'm going to, as long as I keep doing that, I'm going to keep doing it. You know? That's what I'm saying. Be here now, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. But before we go, favorite Tom Waits album, go. Favorite, um, uh, Mule Variations every time. Always. Mule, Mule. Variations. Damn. Kind of a later one. Yeah, that was that was the one I came in at. I came in at, at that. Like, Paul's like, hey, check out Tom Waits. I was like, oh, dude, whatever. I don't care. Big in Japan. <laughs> Big in Japan. And then, like... What's uh, he building in there? What's he building in there? I we we keep saying Matt Tomasello should skate to what's he building in there. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> that makes sense. Like, yeah, no, seriously, that album, just everything in there. Like, picture in a frame, like, that song kills me. So I love that. So, yeah. yeah. All right, good to know. Perfect. <laughs> Mine will forever remain rain dogs, but it's good to know, you know? They're all good. They're all super good. Like I just that one is it came at a time when I was ripe for Tom Waits, and that that's the one that sticks for me, you know. So yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, Tom, if you don't have any other questions, you know, I think this is as good a time as any to thank Chris for being on the podcast. I was just thinking. He's a tough tech guy to get on the podcast. That's what I was thinking. We should thank him for being on the podcast. Didn't know if this was going to happen, but so glad it did. Yeah, it took me a while. Sorry, there's there's a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of, you know, a little bit of that stuff and and just wanted to be hyped, you know, because I'm not up every day. That's another thing about mental health. I'm not up every day. And then, but I wanted to be up and happy and be enthusiastic about skateboarding because I don't always feel like that. And yeah. that's the truth of it. So, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad you guys were patient and, and did it on a day when, you know, I could be hyped, you know? So, um, oh, well, we, yeah, I mean, there's, you have no obligation to do this. So we are eternally grateful, you know? Um, I've been looking, I have been looking forward to it. It hasn't been, it hasn't been a strain. It's just something right. I'm to do. <laughs> Yeah, and I like talking to anybody else that, you know, I could tell. I mean, even though, you know, skateboarding's ageless, first of all. It's it's yeah. everything-less, you know? Um, yeah. There's no boundaries in skateboarding. But, uh, you know, I like talking to anybody who, especially, I have an unusual, and Tom, too, not everyone our age has the same sort of, like, interest in just every skate video that's ever been made from you know the 80s on so it's good to talk to someone who actually you know was more so even there when they were being made i was born in 87 Mm -hmm. i'm an 88 baby myself yeah when were you born 87 when february 12th i can't tell you the exact uh time i was born why you trying to see if our signs match or something (laughs) (laughs) i start skiing october like Maybe September '87. That's when I I got my first skateboard. Oh wow! So I was alive. So you're about six you months alive. old when you yeah. were skating. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you so I started like then, and that's yeah. It's like what is what is that? Thirty three or so years. So and Tom, he wasn't alive yet. I wasn't alive until 1988. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Oh man, it's okay. I'll, I'll forgive you. It's cool, man. Yes. I was. I probably could. I could maybe kickflip by then. I'm not sure. If, like when I started, nobody did. I don't think anybody was even doing kickflips when I started skating. You know, on, apart from Rod. So, well, something right. was, but anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, it's nice to have been to that. I think I lived. I I was definitely skated through what I would, and I don't want to be a back in the day guy, but that was a really good time for skateboarding to go from this, you know being in the real start of street skate skateboarding. You know. Yeah. Right. And Roddy Mullen said he invented the kickflip and it almost didn't even catch on. Yeah, I don't think he did. I, I remember the first time I saw someone do a kickflip, I was like, how are you ever going to do that going fast? Like, nobody's ever going to be able to do a kickflip riding yeah. along fast. Like, I can right. see you doing it. It's really cool. But I can't imagine anybody go riding along with any speed and doing a kickflip. Well, I'm and glad then, it caught on because it's one of my favorite tricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sick. Like, just that, all of that stuff. But. I'm, I'm glad I lived to that part, but yeah, skateboarding's sick now, and it's going to keep getting sick. And I hope I see more progression, you know. So, oh yeah, Same. Right. I'm sure there'll be plenty more progression ahead of us. Same. It's getting pretty scary with all those big hills in San Francisco. That's true. They are getting bigger with all those quakes. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Well, Chris, thank you again for being on the Fancy Lad podcast. We'll see you when you come to Boston. You'll oh, yeah. see me when I come to Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Come see us, yeah. We, I'll, you know, I'll take you around. Down if you're down in the South of England, I'll drive you around here, and then we're up north. We'll go out with with Ford and and uh, Dead Dave and go and Hell see yeah. the delightful North of England. Uh, that sounds great. That sounds perfect. Okay. Well, thanks again, Chris. 
Thank and you. Chris, yeah, keep killing it. And you know Hell what? Yeah. Don't be a stranger at the same time, too. That's true. Okay. Hit me up anytime, you know? Don't okay. think of me as, you know, Big Zoe, big mm-hmm. time celebrity. Right. Just think of me as Big Zoe, party guy. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Take right, care. Thanks, Chris. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah.